Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It is Wednesday, August 7th, and live from the Chicago Sun-Times Chicago Reader Studio on Racine Avenue, this is The Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, legendary Chicago journalist Monroe Anderson will join us. We welcome comedian slash actor Pat Whalen. And it's the return of former 2019 Chicago mayoral candidate, Dr. Willie Wilson. And now your host, no, not a doctor. <laughs> oh, but. I'm not either. <laughs> Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this... Help us out Wednesday, and here's why. Woke up this morning, D, to discover that Mayor Lightfoot and Ivanka Trump were having a feud. Spat! Mm-hmm, they're going at it. Uh, Lori Lightfoot, of course, the mayor of the city of Chicago. Ivanka Trump, of course, the daughter of President Donnie John Trump. And uh, you've probably seen this. It's been all in the newspapers. Uh, they used to be great friends, by the way, Ivanka and Lori, at least to be friendly. I don't know if they were friends, but uh, after Lori Lightfoot was elected mayor, she went on a visit to Washington and stopped by the White House and met with Ivanka Trump. Did not understand why of all the people at the White House she would meet with Ivanka Trump. I mean, Ivanka Trump does not have any official position in the White House. Uh, Donald Trump is the president. Lori Lightfoot's the mayor of the third largest city in America. So you'd figure she, Lori Lightfoot, would meet with the president or maybe the vice president or maybe the chief political aide, whatever. It's like Ivanka's in charge of meeting, I don't know, celebrities or something. And they treated Lori like a celebrity as opposed to the mayor of a living, breathing city in America that has a lot of issues that could use a lot of federal assistance. Anyway, by the way, it's not as though Donald Trump does not know, is unfamiliar with the city of Chicago. He has at this moment, as everybody knows who lives here, as I endlessly point out to you because I can't stand the sight of it, he has a building with his name all over it. And what is it that you say, uh, Dennis, every time we pass that building on the train? Hey, Ben, look at my building. (laughs) You like that? I could be deep in the conversation with Dennis about something really important like the Bulls. D, here's what they got to do, man. They got to play Denzel Valentine more. And all of a sudden, D will go... Uh, look at my building. <laughs> like, oh, God, that ugly building. <laughs> By the way, thanks for nothing, Rom, on fighting, uh, putting the sign up. I'm sure it didn't hurt that Donald Trump contributed $50,000 to your campaign when you were first running for uh, mayor of the city of Chicago. Take anyway. Show, man. Oh, yeah, sorry, Don. Um, anyway, so uh, Lloyd Lightfoot, uh, I thought she was friendly with Ivanka, but here's what happened. Uh, in the wake of the shootings this weekend, which we talked about a lot yesterday, and we'll probably talk about a lot today, shootings not only in Dayton, Ohio, mass shootings, I think it was at, uh, nine people were were killed shootings mass shootings in El Paso Texas 22 people were killed and shootings throughout the city of Chicago seven people were killed uh, in the wake of those shootings uh, Ivanka Trump 
I felt compelled uh, to send out a tweet uh, pointing out that there were shootings in Chicago. Uh, my guess is, though I don't know this for certain because I'm not friends with Ivanka and she doesn't share these thoughts with me, she was reacting in part to uh, Lori Lightfoot's criticism of her father, Donald John Trump, the president of the United States, for all the nasty things he's been saying, trying to stir up racial hatred, use prejudice and fear as a political weapon. Come on, folks, we all know what he's doing. Let's not pretend he's not doing it. Uh, and uh, he's been uh, successful. He was successful at it in the first go around in 2016, where he stirred up hatred for for Mexicans. Immigrants were coming in through the southern border, curiously silent on people like who might come to America from European countries or from Canada or for any country the, where there's mostly white people. But uh, be that as it may, it helped get him elected. Apparently, he's doubling down on it. So Lori Lightfoot, uh, in my humble opinion, rightly criticized him for his rhetoric, rhetoric in the hope that he might clean up his act. I'm sure that uh, is uh, a long shot, to put it mildly. I think he's doubling down on his act. Anyway, so I think Ivanka was acting like a daughter, looking out for her father. That's how. And so she just sent out that tweet reminding us that people were killed in the city of Chicago this weekend. And um, so I have this to say, but it's always curious about uh, the Republicans. They act as though the city of Chicago is part of some universe that they don't inhabit. Uh, it is a city in America, and Donald Trump, you are the president of the United States of America, so it's not as though you couldn't help out with what's going on here in the city of Chicago. There's a lot you could do to help us. Instead, Donald Trump and apparently Ivanka and Republicans in general like to use cities of Chicago, like cities like Chicago or Baltimore as sort of props or weapons in their larger political war uh, with Democrats. So if a Democrat criticizes uh, Donald Trump for his policy, let's say on immigration, Donald Trump will say, well, Oh, what? How dare you criticize me when you come from this terrible city with a lot of crime? Stop criticizing me and do something about the crime. Forgetting, of course, like I said, that he, Donald Trump, is president of the United States and could help out. It's not like he's just Joe Schmo on Twitter. He's got resources available that he could do. He could join the fight. So, for instance, you uh, want to deal with crime in the city of Chicago? Lord knows we could use some help. How more federal funding for police officers? We could use more detectives to investigate uh, some of the crimes. Part of the reason why there's so many murders is that there's a sense of uh, hopelessness. There's no accountability because crimes go unpunished because police don't find the wrongdoers. So you could do that. Uh, you want to do a deal with some of the crimes, crime in Chicago? How about more money for to open more mental health clinics, to hire more therapists, clinicians to deal with the madness that exists everywhere? You want to uh, help with the uh, crime, bring down crime in Chicago? How about more federal funding for jobs and after-school programs, et cetera, and so forth, so that people have alternatives to just hanging out on the street? I mean, there's, it's not as though you're helpless, Donald Trump. You're the president of the United States. But that's the way it is. That's a, that it's the way it is with Republicans in general. We were talking about this last night at First Tuesday at the Hyda. We're talking about health care. Think about it, folks. In the case of health care, everybody agrees our, we have a health care crisis in this country. If you get really sick, you're in trouble. You won't be able to pay your bills. Many people don't have health care at all. Or maybe their health care is tied to their job. They lose their job. They're without health care. Obama stitched together Obamacare. Guess what? From the moment it passed, thanks to Democratic votes, Republicans have been trying to take it down. they got a federal lawsuit right now in Texas that would decimate Obamacare. They have nothing to replace it. If you ask Republicans, what's your alternative to Obamacare? They tar start talking about socialism and taking you away from your private care that you love so much and your doctor. Nothing. They offer nothing. 
What about uh, climate change when it comes to climate change? What are you going to do to help uh, anything? You could do one of your market uh, solutions where you put a cap, uh, you, you trade, you, you, you trade um, like uh, pollution caps and stuff. Nope, not even not even a proposed solution like that, like they were trying out in Washington State uh, or in uh, Oregon. Nope, they they have all offer no. Uh, uh, help, no assistance, no alternatives. They talk about it as it's a hoax concocted by the Chinese. And again, mass shootings. What about some kind of gun control? What about some kind of effort to like background checks, automatic background checks, or to get rid of the ban on product liability lawsuits against the gun manufacturers? Nope, nothing. They offer nothing. It's as though they're the president of the United States. It's as though they're the leaders of the Senate, but they're not the leaders of the Senate. I'll say this about Lori Lightfoot. I've got a lot of issues with her and a lot of different uh, subjects, but at least she's trying something. We got a great show today, everybody. Monroe Anderson will be here. We're talking Trump, 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 and more Trump. Uh, he's already uh, put on Facebook what he's talking about, so I dutifully took notes on it, D. Uh, is there a civil war in this country? Monroe Anderson fired up to talk about the issues of the day. Pat Whalen will be here. He's a comedian. He's an actor. He was at the first Tuesdays last night. He's got a lot of insights on politics uh, in, uh, in the country and in the city of Chicago. And then speaking of the city of Chicago, Willie Wilson will be here. He ran for mayor back in, God, it seems like eternity, D. I cleaned up a little bit for Willie Wilson. Yeah, that's good. It, I mean, just a little bit. Just a little, little shabby over there where you have the Report. Oh, that's my uh, desk. Yeah. Uh, and maybe I'll show him my Marion Williamson button. There you go. Uh, because uh, Willie Wilson has come up with his own reparations plan. And Marion Williamson, of course, raised the subject at last week's debate. Lee is a huge fan of Marion Williamson. Just teasing. By the way, uh, I have to announce this before we kick it over to Dennis with the news. Today's Leah's second to last day. It's a very sad day at the Ben Jarofsky show. Tomorrow will be even we're sadder. Very, we're very <laughs> sad about this news. I cannot say enough good things about the great Leah and the job she's done as editor for how many months now? Two months? Just two months, yeah. Just two months? Take just out of that sentence. Two months. And uh, so we'll, uh, I'll be talking to Leah for the next couple of days and uh, treasuring each moment with her. Two more days before she heads back to college. Trying so. to talk her out of dropping out of college, you know. <laughs> you know, just stay here and work with the Ben Jarofsky show forever. I don't I, Beats college to me. Oh, yeah. God, I hated college. Uh, but uh, That's well, okay. Miles will be back. Today. Miles will be back. She's like, I'm not dropping out of college. <laughs> she goes, Ben, uh, forget that idea. Okay? <laughs> Negatory on that idea, all right? Anyway, we have two more days with Lee. All right, enough chit-chat. Let's get down to business. What you got for me, D? Stay in school, everybody. Let's begin with uh, what's happening in Illinois and or Chicago this afternoon. Today, our Illinois governor's schedule, J.B. Pritzker this morning, attended the state police memorial wall ceremony honoring fallen trooper Gerald Ellis in the morning. He's now at the Illinois State Fairgrounds and prepare to get jealous, everybody. He's at the <laughs> Illinois State Fair for the unveiling of the 2019 Illinois State Fair Butter Cow. Whoa. How come I did not get invited to that? I don't know. I wish you would have. What is a butter cow? You're not asking at all because it sounds ridiculous. Well, (laughs) take it away, over-friendly Illinois news reporter. It's the butter cow, which has nine hearts to represent the nine essential nutrients in milk. That's right. It's made entirely out of butter. And, you know, it's a state fair tradition since at least 1922. 1922. Oh, did not know that. Oh my God! A cow made out of butter? Yeah. Is it like the size of a cow? Yeah, I you saw know, it. You know, I got a, a confession to make, Dave. Probably kicked me out of the state of Illinois. 
I've, <laughs> this confession. I, I've been living in the, the state of Illinois uh, on and off since 1966. Whoa, that's a long time. You are old. Uh, I'm an old guy. And yeah, I've never been to the Illinois State Fair. Not once? Not once. I was at the Wisconsin State Fair once. So it's a long story, and I never want to go. Traitor? <laughs> I never want to get to that one. Wait, but not actually, Illinois? Wait. I may have been at the Wisconsin State Fair a couple times. Oh. I, I forget because it was the college days, Dean. There was a lot of marijuana involved. So I, um, I've never been to the Illinois State Fair, and you know, I've just you're missing out, man. I, have cows, you ever been cattle? Yeah, I've been a few times. <laughs> Lee, have you ever been to the Illinois State Fair? I have. I went last year. It was really fun. You could see things like big pumpkins. Did and- you see? You see the butter cow? Yeah, I did see the butter cow. Yeah. How come I'm the only one? How did you get to go? Um, so my brother, actually, my little brother was playing in the Illinois State oh. Battle of the Bands, and he won. They won yeah. the Illinois By the way, State people Battle don't know this, or maybe I don't mention enough. Uh, Leah's little brother's a rock star. He, he's going to play at Riot Fest, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's in a band called the Rolling Stones. Ever heard of it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I forget. That. What's the name of his band? Monarchy Over Monday. Yeah, Monarchy Over Monday. So uh, how, how did you get to go? Uh, pure interest. It's free. <laughs> Well, someone had to take her. You know what I mean? I mean, someone had to tell her that it was that day. All right. So maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe I'll uh, go to the Springfield State Fair and take a picture of that butter cow. Yeah, take a picture and put it on our Instagram page. I didn't see the Confederate Railroad when I was there, though. Were they there last year as well? Uh, They may have been there last year, I believe. uh, Will Pritzker be uh, playing a musical instrument, uh, getting on stage to substitute for that? He's got bass written all over him. You can see him being a wicked bass player. He's got up there with the, like, the Steve Miller, you know, cover band. No other plans announced for the governor, but I'm sure sometime between now and midnight, he'll sign some sort of bill. He loves signing bills, guys. Maybe a dinner bill or something. Another statewide news. <laughs> yes, there are still people living in downstate Illinois actively trying to make Chicago its own state and kick it right out of Illinois. House Republicans Brad Halbrook of Shelbyville, Dan Calkins of Decatur, Darren Bailey of Louisville, Chris Miller of Oakland, Blaine Wilhauer of Beecher City. You ever been to Beecher City? Mm, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Where is it? I couldn't tell you. Um, you're, you're my downstate guy. I don't know. <laughs> but these fellows have been uh, rallying supporters at events around the state, urging people to join the movement and catch what they did here. Mm-hmm. Fight for 51. Because fight for 15, they flip it around, fight for 51, which they hope would make downstate Illinois the 51st Mm -hmm. state in the nation. Ben, you've riffed on this whole issue uh, a (laughs) time or two. What are your thoughts on downstate Illinois becoming the 51st state? Well, I... You know, I did. I was talking about this yesterday. The Tribune wrote a story about these gentlemen. Uh, I think it ran Monday. Here it is already Wednesday, and um, I don't have a lot of sympathy for them. Uh, in general, I think they're a little misguided as to what the advantages are to downstate Illinois. I think that if you were to do a deep dive into the numbers, more of the tax dollars that fund Illinois, you'll discover, come from the Chicago or the Chicagoland area. That's where the wealth is concentrated. And as you know, D, there's a lot of poverty downstate, and there's a lot of the people need things downstate just like they need things upstate. So it's just sort of like this knee-jerk reaction against Chicago that's existed forever. Okay, I kind of understand that. You know what I'm saying? It's just a knee-jerk reaction that people outside of the the big city have for the big city. But, you know, I don't know how pervasive that is. Do you? are from downstate. I mean, uh, do folks like in Alton hate the city of Chicago? Uh, every now and again, you'll hear it. Like yeah. just at the gas station or something. Oh, damn city slickers. Like, okay. <laughs> All right. 
I live there, but okay, sure. All right. Well, you know, listen, guys, you want to cut the self, yourself off from the state of Illinois, like knock yourself out. Actually, I am like, it would help the Democratic Party because there'd be more senators, Democratic senators uh, in the um, uh, in the U.S. Senate. So that would help. And uh, so you want to do it? Knock yourself out. Uh, I think you would find that it would, you're just going to have to worry about how are you going to pay your bills? Because guess what? The Republican Party in Washington is not much help on this, and you're going to have to pave the roads. And, the, you know, they always say, oh, well, if we uh, cut off from the upstate or Chicago area, we'll be like Indiana. Oh, obviously, they've never driven through Indiana, one of the, the worst highways, bumpiest, most pothole-ridden highways in the world. They don't, they don't even know what a snowplow is in Hoosierland. So uh, I don't know if you, uh, what do they say? You, sh- you know, you wor- don't worry about what you r- wish for, or whatever the saying is, because <laughs> you come, uh, you, you have to be like Indiana, and um, you're going to find that uh, you're probably better off. With Chicago paying the bills. I'll tell you what, if upstaters and Pritzner, what do I, my dad calls him Pritzner. He voted for him, didn't he? Yeah, he, he voted for him. Yeah, right. He just calls him Pritzner, like an in in the middle of it. Well, he you never calls him Pritzner. That's okay. Ah, that Pritzner. <laughs> his, his, your dad's vote counted just like mine did. So, uh. <laughs> But Ben, there's a, a certain former Republican Illinois governor uh, who may agree with you. He has a thing or two to say about these uh, guys and gals who want to get rid of Chicago. It's former Illinois Governor Jim Edgar. Edgar took a couple of jabs at these down and out downstaters. He says, quote, I think the voters need to send uh, competent people to Springfield, <laughs> Edgar told WCIA on Sunday afternoon. Because if you're not getting anything from Springfield, maybe it's not just because you're from downstate. Maybe you don't elect the right people. I think that that's a legitimate frustration, just as I'm sure when Republicans dominated in state government that they didn't get uh, taken into consideration. When asked about the lawmakers and voters who feel Chicago politicians carry the most clout in the state house, Edgar said, quote, part of that is politics. Part of that is a uh, part of that. Part of that is that we do have a very lopsided Democratic majority now. Part of the problem is that Republicans mishandled their opportunity. They had a great chance. Bruce Rauner had a great opportunity four years ago if he had been willing to meet people halfway and to recognize he didn't have all the answers, he'd still be governor. There's no doubt in my mind. I can remember when I first came to Springfield 50 years ago. Again, downstate was in the minority, but they were able to work the system and get things i think that's what the elected officials need to uh need to do is figure out all right we're in the minority how can i get something done i, I agree with, i can't believe i'm saying this i agree with the republican jim edgar and i would say this about bruce rauner your uh, our old uh, governor uh. who spent his entire four years just as edgar was saying at war with uh the democrats and with the unions and uh didn't come forth didn't forth anything remotely resembling like a, a good proposal to help Illinois deal with its budget issues. Uh, and he as, as almost as though he wanted to bankrupt the state. It, there are union folks downstate. This is the thing, D. They act as like the, the issue that Rauner um, was all about, was obsessed with, was destroying unions in the state of Illinois. And it, it was his assertion that unions, the unionized workforce was... Uh, deterring people from wanting to live here and was bankrupting our state. And that essentially what was what he dedicated his four years to do to destroy unions. And you know this because you're from downstate. Unions, there are a lot of union people downstate as well, and that message isn't... Oh, yeah. That's why they vote Democrat. That's, unions. When they do vote Democrat, that's mm-hmm. why they vote Democrat. And so uh, I think that uh, Edgar's onto something. Um, if the Republican Party... 
like approach the problems that we have as a society and come up with solutions. I just got finished talking about this earlier, come up with solutions without annihilating unions, without annihilating, you know, like uh, environmental protection. Uh, if, you know, if they would just take a, like a realistic approach and to the problems that we face, then maybe they could make a stand in the state of Illinois. But uh, let's face it, D, they just, they lost their bearings in the rounder years and they haven't figured things out since. All right, let's ask uh, former Vice President and uh, 2020 presidential candidate Joe Biden. What do you think about Chicago becoming a 51st state? So this idea is a bunch of malarkey. Oh, okay. <laughs> Say how you really feel. Uh, we, have, we have an update on Cullerton Gate. Oh. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and the one and only Tina Spondelez. Mm-hmm. Ben's been waiting to riff on this one. All right, yeah. State Senator Tom Cullerton mm-hmm. has been removed as chair of the Illinois Senate's Labor Committee just days after being charged in a federal indictment for allegedly being a ghost payroller for the Teamsters to the tune of $188,000 in salary benefits and $64,000 in health and pension contributions. Ben Jarofsky, your thoughts? Well, I talked about this, uh, I think it was the other day when the story broke. He is uh, a, a cousin to John Cullerton, so they're, it's not the same Cullerton. Right? Just John Cullerton is president of the Senate. He's from the Lakeview area, the north side of Chicago. Uh, he's a state senator. There's Tom Cullerton, who's a cousin. He's from the uh, DuPage County area. And it's Tom Cullerton who got in trouble with this ghost payrolling scam. Not John Cullerton, but obviously, uh, in addition to being cousins, they're still allies. Because this is something interesting that Tina Svandela's pointed out and the tribune had it as well all right follow me on this this is interesting uh tom cullerton is not only a state senator and i believe they get paid like i don't know 60 something thousand dollars a year as state senator he's also the chair of committee and if you're the chair of a committee you get an extra uh, allowance i think it's 10 grand I'm doing this off the top of my head ladies and gentlemen so don't hold me accountable to the numbers <laughs> let's just say it's ten thousand dollars let's say it's eleven thousand dollars whatever correct. okay uh, Mueller. Uh, Mueller. Okay. Huh? Uh, what? What page is that? Uh, we got Monroe Anderson coming in later. We'll be talking. That's not in my purview. Uh, I don't know. Read the report and stop asking me questions. Anyway, he gets ten thousand dollars to be the chair of committee. Now he got in trouble. All right. So uh, he's he's been linked to this uh, ghost payrolling scam. Uh, so they follow me on this. They removed him as chair of the Illinois uh, Labor Committee. All right. After he was in charge of this indictment for the scam, this ghost payroll, they removed him as chair of the labor uh, committee, I guess, because labor is directly related to being in a, you know, ghost payrolling scam. You know, that doesn't bear. And then they put him in charge of the veterans committee. So it's like they took away one committee position from him, but gave him another one. So he doesn't lose any money. Well, here's the thing. If you make him chair of the other committee, there's a bumping process. Somebody else gets bumped, all right? So they move uh, Omar Aquino to, uh, from Chicago State Center. Follow me in this, folks. It's like ch- chess pieces on a board. So Cullerton leaves labor. Omar takes over labor. And Cullerton goes to veterans. They bumped this state center named Castro out of a job. Castro didn't do anything. She's doing... <laughs> Wait, I, I, I've been a Democrat my whole life, but sometimes... My beloved Democratic Party doesn't make any sense. Like Castro's out. Why are you punishing Castro? She didn't do anything. Okay, she wasn't the one indicted, did you? you understand what I'm saying? It's like, I got a great idea. We'll punish Cullerton by giving him another job. That's not punishment. He still gets the 10 grand or 11 grand, whatever it is. Anyway, I don't, I don't You know what? 
my beloved Democratic Party. You always find a way to screw stuff up. Anyway, that's my thoughts on that, D. The shift in leadership post ensures Tom Cullerton won't lose any legislative compensation. Yeah, man. That's why I got fit $11,000. What's the punishment? Uh, ben, don't ask questions. That's what they always get mad at me for, D. Ben, you ask too many. Uh, th- those are questions. We don't need those. Remember Mick last night at First Tuesday? Yeah. What he, he goes, Ben, Ben's known for asking questions that people don't want to answer. I'm like, oh, sorry, man. A spokesman for Tom Cullerton on Tuesday said he is, quote, honored to serve the Illinois Senate in any capacity requested of him. Yeah, as long as he gets the 10 grand, he's honored. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, now we got to hear from Lisa Druss, all right? She's the spokeswoman as well. She says, quote, as an honorably discharged veteran of the United States Army, he is incredibly proud to work closely with our distinguished veterans. Senator Tom Cullert, Senator Tom Cullerton also vows to not let up on his work in the legislature with regards to the deadly outbreak of Legionnaire's disease in our state. So anything else you want to say about a Cullerton gate before we move on here? I just want to say, do not understand why you're punishing a state senator by taking away her chair and her money and giving rewarding this guy. He, she wasn't the one who got indicted. My Democrats, my beloved Democrats, no. You always try to screw things up. That's all. It's hard to be a Democrat, D, okay? It's, and it's not just on the national level where I watch 25 presidential candidates try to rip their eyeballs out, all right? Each other's eyeballs out. It's on the, the state and the local as well. Don't get me started oh about my the God. Don't Democratic get started mayors. On Democratic mayors. <laughs> Good God, don't get them started on that. All right, before we move on here, it's time for one of my favorite segments oh. on Wednesdays here on the Ben Jarofsky Show. Oh, I didn't even know we had a Wednesday segment. Hey, Leah, you heard from Monroe? Where's Monroe at? Nothing yet? Oh, Monroe. You never know when he's just going to walk in. I don't know how he gets into this building. It's like Monroe Anderson's secret agent. (laughs) Sometimes he's late. Sometimes he's early. Who knows? You know, Monroe, hey, man, Monroe's been around a long time. He does it. He he marches to the beat of his own drum. And he makes it here every time. So, uh, all right. So, we're going to keep going here. Uh, Let's move on. All right. No event scheduled for our Chicago mayor, Lori Lightfoot, this Mm -hmm. afternoon. Ben Jarofsky, what do you think Lori Lightfoot is doing right now, this very moment? Oh, she has no events? No events. She's not at a lunch? She loves lunch. She loves luncheons. Yeah, but she's not not at a luncheon? No. No events scheduled. Lori, let's see. What is she doing right now? Well, she's listening to our show, and while she's listening to our show, she's got Todd Rundgren on in the background, and she's playing air guitar. (laughs) Who listens to a podcast and music at the same time? Lori Lightfoot. That's hard. (laughs) Hey, man. Can't concentrate on both. Multitasking. And meanwhile, she's tweeting out a response to Trump and Ivanka. Oh, Uh, my goodness. Stay out of our business. No, she's clearly listening to the show. What's up, Lori Lightfoot? Willie Wilson will be here at 2.30. He wants to know why you don't return his phone calls. That's oh, There we go. Yeah, tune in for that. Babe, that's what she's doing. She's calling Willie Wilson. Uh-oh. Better call him. <laughs> All right, so she's doing like five things, according to Ben. Listening to a podcast, <laughs> listening to a song at the same time as the podcast. Do not suggest that, by the way, for all the listeners. By the way, cleaning. Ten, tri- what? ten trivia points. Name one. Just one. All you got to do is name one Todd Rundgren song. Go. <laughs> Bang on the drum all day. Whoa. <laughs> How did you know that? Leah, I did remember, you know that? No. no? Okay. I remembered that one. I couldn't believe that was it. I, wow, I'm really impressed. Lightfoot did, however, make the news. Mm. Ben was just talking about it. This story was even on CNN, everybody. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and the one and only Fran the Woe Man Spielman. Mayor Lori Lightfoot lashed out at first daughter Ivanka Trump on Tuesday for shining a spotlight on Chicago violence and, according to the mayor, getting her facts wrong. Here's the tweet from Ivanka Trump. Quote, 
As we grieve over the evil mass shootings in El Paso and Dayton, let us not overlook that Chicago experienced its deadly, deadliest weekend of the year. With seven dead and 52 wounded near a playground in, the, in Windy City and little national outrage or media coverage, we mustn't become numb to the violence faced by inner city communities every day. Now, if you recall, like we mentioned here a couple of months back, Lori Lightfoot spent some time in the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., got a little chummy with the president's daughter. Well, that's history, all right? Lightfoot is not happy. The mayor said Ivanka Trump got her facts wrong and was spreading them like wildfire to her 6.8 million followers. Wow, 6.8 million? Here's the rest. We're nowhere near that. (laughs) Man, I wish. 6.8 million followers. That's power, baby. Here's the rest of the quote from Mayor Lori Lightfoot to Ivanka Trump. Quote, that's the danger of somebody with a platform and audience who doesn't know what they're talking about and getting the fundamental facts wrong that they could easily figure out if they had the decency to actually reach out to us if they wanted to be a constructive and engaged partner. She got the numbers wrong. She got the location wrong. That's the danger of trying to govern via tweet. If they want to help, they should actually call us, and we would offer them specific ways in which the federal government could actually partner with us to help address the issues on the ground. Lightfoot said she reached out to Ivanka Trump, with whom she met personally during D.C., but no response. Yeah, no, it's, I talked about this earlier. Uh, Chicago's a prop. Baltimore's a prop. Any uh, big city is a prop uh, that for Republicans. And now apparently Ivanka Trump is playing the game for Republicans to use sort of to demean and diminish and marginalize uh, the problems that we face. And uh, so if any Democrat criticizes, uh, any Democrat from a big city uh, criticizes the policies of Donald Trump, what... Donald Trump or now his daughter do, they counter by uh, calling attention to the problems that the city faces. And again, as I pointed out, and as Lori Lightfoot pointed out, Lori Lightfoot, eye to eye on this one, uh, you know, it's not as though you're helpless, Donald Trump, or or Ivanka Trump. Donald Trump's president of the United States. There's a lot he could do to help people in Chicago, help people in Baltimore deal with the problems that they're facing. He's doing nothing. It's as though he doesn't care about our cities. He's written us off. He knows he can win re-election without Illinois. This is why I support that uh, uh, the 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 this, the, um, the new law in in California. We talked about this last night uh, at the hideout. They have a, a new uh, a law in California signed into uh, by Gavin Newsom, the uh, governor, that uh, would prohibit Donald Trump from running in the Republican primary in California unless he releases his taxes. And Donald Trump is now in a federal court challenging that law, so trying to get it overturned. I think he should just either release his taxes uh, and get on the ballot, which obviously he'll never do. He doesn't ever want to release the taxes. Or just don't run in California. You're never going to win California. You're not going to campaign in California. You're not going to waste your time because you realize that with our electoral college, it is a waste of time to go to California. You're going to go to states that you absolutely need to be reelected, like Wisconsin or Michigan or Pennsylvania or Ohio or Florida. You're not going to come to Illinois. So don't even run and don't even have your name on the ballot uh, in the state of California. I I think that would just accentuate all the things that are wrong. It would be a great thing. Uh, It it would just point out all the things that are wrong with our electoral college and that uh, the president of the United States would ignore the largest state in the union. And similarly, this gets back to what I'm talking about, D. He ignores ignores the major cities of our country. Wait, I'm not going to get any votes there. I'm not even going to try to get any votes there. Uh, And so I I, I said, I remember when he ran in 2016, 
I, he either sent out a tweet or made a comment that he had talked to a cop. Somebody at, uh, in law enforcement in Chicago told him there, there's things that you could do right now. You could uh, cut the crime rate in half. I, I forget what the exact quote was, uh, but you could have an immediate impact on the crime rate in Chicago. We could do it right now, he said. <laughs> Well, do it then, you know, didn't do anything. We went back to the wall. So uh, building the wall. So I agree with Lori Lightfoot on this one wholeheartedly. I think that the the Trump should stop using the cities of uh, the country as his props in his war against Democrats. So there you are. What's going on locally there in Chicago and or Illinois? Hey, did you guys know it's almost football season? You know that, Ben? I did know that. Oh, you're pumped, huh? Yeah, I'm a Bears fan. Yeah, well, that means uh, the best sports reporters in Chicago want to offer you, yeah, you, our listeners, an exclusive deal on unlimited digital access to all of the stories that you love. Don't miss a game this season. Get all the big plays, scores, and stories from the Chicago Sun-Times for a limited time only. You, yeah, you, the listener, can lock in our lowest rate yet, only $29.99 for a full year of all the news and sports that you need to know. Stay up to date on breaking stories. Get the deep dives and investigations from Sun-Times reporters and go deep inside City Hall with best-in-class political reporting like all those great articles from Fran Spielman and Tina Fondellas, and, of course, cheer for the big games with the best sports team in the city. $29.99 for a full year of unlimited access. You cannot do better than that. Take advantage of this exclusive deal now at suntimes.com forward slash Ben. Don't go anywhere. The Ben Jarofsky Show will be right back. We are live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Three, two, one. Today's Ben Jaromsky Show was brought to you in part by Chicago Architecture Center. See the city from a whole new angle on a Chicago Architecture Center tour. With more than 85 tours to choose from, there are endless stories to discover. Book your tour at architecture.org slash tours. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm on a tour. Oh my, what magnificent architecture. Get a special discount for Illinois residents from July 15th to August 15th. All Illinois residents get 50% off select walking tours. Visit architecture.org slash IL resident. Did you know that 40% of the people in Illinois opt to be cremated? Well, it's true. And Chicagoland Cremation Options honors their wishes by providing cremation services directly to the general public. Chicagoland Cremation Options provides an affordable, ethical, and easy cremation arrangement whether in person or online. Save thousands and streamline the process by going directly to Chicagoland Cremation Options. It's a family-owned business operated by my good friend, Douglas Klein. Here's how you reach them. ChicagolandCremationOptions.com. One more time. ChicagolandCremationOptions.com. If you, if you have a windmill anywhere near your house, congratulations. Your house just went down 75% in value. And they say the noise causes cancer. You tell me that one, okay? Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food. Arts and entertainment. Weekly concert listings. Weekly event listings. The environment. Travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader. Free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan.
Commercial break over. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show. Yes, indeed. Monroe Anderson is here. Monroe Anderson is here. Uh, he's a regular feature on our show every Wednesday. By the way, it's I shouldn't say this. Go straight to his head. It's generally our most popular uh, day of the week. How about that, Monroe Anderson? Uh, oh, here he goes. He's going to ask for a raise. And uh, but I want my salary doubled. Doubled? Okay. You got, oh, what a hard bargain. Uh, all right. Uh, so anyway, yes, uh, Monroe went. What do we call it? Midweek with Monroe? Midweek mid Monroe. <laughs> Monroe Monday. Mid Love Monroe. Monroe. Midweek. Love Monroe Monday. I still every week. I, I still weep about that. When every Monday, Monroe. Sometimes he wouldn't come in because going to that studio was a heck of a haul. Right, right, right. Uh, sometimes, you know, Ben. There's a little rain cloud coming. I think I'll call in. That was the first segment we came up with. Monroe Monday. You came with the, the brain on Brad. I know. Yeah. That's why you can't remember yeah. because you're jealous. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say that. But I, no, man, come on. I said it first. Yeah, you said it first. All right. Uh, I read your Facebook page. Man, you're really, you got your little Trump guys all fired up uh, with your uh, Facebook oh, <laughs> uh, message. Uh, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, Mueller. Um, civil war in America. Good God, Monroe. Cold Anderson. civil war. What did you say? Cold. What do you civil mean? War. What do you mean by like, that? Okay, there was a cold war uh, with the Russians, mm -hmm. where no firing was being done or not much. Ah, rhetorical civil yeah, war. Then exactly, exactly. And so now we're in this where the the um, Trump nuts are and Trump, of course. Mm -hmm. <laughs> is uh, Trump a Trump nut, or is he just nuts? But whatever, that's a whole other yeah. No, no rhetorical. The, the Trump nuts are those who are crazy about yeah. Trump. And Trump is just crazy. Okay. Got and, it. And, and I'm serious about that. Yeah. It's not a joke. Yeah. Unfortunately. Oh, we'll uh, talk about that. Uh, I got that written down here. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. And, and, and so um, this um, Princeton professor, um, Eddie Glaude, mm -hmm. I posted a, 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 ta a tape where he was basically saying that it wasn't just Trump, that there's this whole... Um, in, ingrained racism that goes back in American history and that it's done in coded words and what have you and it's picked up thanks to Trump it's, it's escalator now before it was um, dog whistles mm -hmm. now he has a, a foghorn <laughs> and, and, and he said he, you know Eddie was arguing that terms like um Invasion, which he, he keeps using. He, he's used in his um, Facebook ads oh, 2,000 times or something. And um, illegal alien are both dehumanizing terms. What it does is it reduces Hispanics coming from Mexico or Central America into the other. Mm -hmm. and, um, and there are so many other um, Trump terms that he uses. To, you know, the Mexicans have been rapists. Um, they're, they're, um, and then he go if you go to Baltimore, you know, it's, it's rat infested. Mm -hmm. You know, he uses all these negative terms to attack um, people and places of color. And how successful do you think this is as a tactic? Trump's tactic are, are, are calling it out, are, are calling it well, out. Well, we'll do both. First, Trump's tactic, and secondly, Oh, for Trump's people. Yeah. For the Trump nuts, is very effective because 
what they believe mm -hmm. is that um, w once the non-whites take over America, they're going to move them out or something. I mean, it's, it's just, I mean, they're crazy, basically. And, and he, Trump is a white nationalist, a white supremacist. And he's appealing to their racial prejudices mm -hmm. as well. And, and, uh, and they're responding to it. And so you get some, some white supremacist who drives 10 miles to go kill him some Mexicans. I think it was more than that, actually. I mean, 10 hours. Yeah, not, not yeah, miles, yeah, yeah, Hours, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, hours. Yeah. Yeah. In El Paso, he, you're talking about. Yeah, in El Paso. Yeah. And he went there specifically to kill Hispanics, Mexicans. Yeah. People of color. All right. So you've offered up so much here that I want to uh, break out. I'm just writing notes down, follow-up questions on this. But first question then, all right, I understand that uh donald trump is appealing to racists right clearly yes. it's obvious and he's a racist i understand that as yeah. well and this is what i struggle with okay. uh, on a daily basis right do you think that that is a, an effective tactic in a national political election in other words do you think a majority of American voters, an electoral majority, right, so right. it's in state by state. Right. Okay, I understand that Donald Trump will never win a majority of the votes in this country. Right. It's a crazy system, right. the electoral college. So he needs a majority of votes in Wisconsin. Yes. Or a plurality, even. Yeah. The most votes right. in Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, uh, and Florida. All right? Right. Okay, you got those states last time. Yeah. So do you think this but he, he got him by a whisker. Okay. Whisker. He, he got him. Whether yeah. a whisker and this is as good as a mile and with our crazy electoral college system, all right? We should change the electoral college system. But, but yeah, we I've, don't. Yeah, I've said this before. He filled an inside straight in poker. Yes. Okay. And he's expecting to do it again, but it, it doesn't work that way All right. generally. So, so, so what, you, I, what I'm saying is, no, I, unless Putin, and I'm serious about yeah. this, unless Putin and the Russians do some really good um, poll um, rigging. All right, let's talk about uh, Putin uh, in, for a moment here. I wrote about this in The Reader last week, and yeah. I've talked about this in the past with you. Uh, my... We all know that the Republican Party, uh, Moscow, Mitch, etc., will look the other way at Putin's uh, uh, machinations, right. the Russian machinations. Right. Uh, they're, they're bots. They're invading uh, computers. They're well, hacking yeah, emails. They, they, they've, they, they're in the systems of a lot of these states okay. now, in the, in the, in the, in the uh, polling Yes, I understand computers. that. They invaded. Uh, this is what set me off on this. Right. Uh, when the Senate... Intelligence Committee came out with its report that showed uh, the the extent of the Russian invasion into various computers in our country. They said in passing, everybody knows, or it's well known that they had invaded Illinois's computer system election. Am I, am I, well known. Right. We, 
I beg to differ on that. Most people don't know that, and there's never been. Well, they know that our our, our system has been rigged for decades. Okay. So they just didn't know the Russians were doing it now, not the regular Democratic machine. Okay, so going back to the Russians. Yeah. And uh, so I can understand the Republicans looking the other way because the Russians are acting on their behalf. And their attitude, a very cynical one, is if it, they're okay with uh, Russia uh, hacking into our system yeah. so long as it's benefiting them. Right. If the roles reverse, they'd be screaming a, hot, a holy hell. Oh, yes. What I don't understand, my members, my beloved Democrats, who more and more I don't understand Democrats at all, their indifference to this, and the left is indifferent to it, and they, people come in here and tell me, Ben, you spend too much time talking about the Russians, uh, and uh, that it's a losing issue. Let's not even talk about it. And I believe it's because a lot of people on the left in this country uh, feel as though by putting attention on what Putin's role in, you sort of uh, take away from the message that Hillary lost because she abandoned the values and the issues that the left agreed on. So they don't want to call attention to Putin because it takes away from the message they want to promote, which is that Bernie's agenda or the, the far left agenda is the one to promote. I think it's utter madness. Oh, I Monroe. do too. No, I, I've, uh, during my many battles on Facebook, first of all, with the um, wing nuts, the tr- Trump nuts that yeah. I fight with, yeah. what, they, what they do is say, are you still on Russia? You know, yeah, they, they keep trying to uh, claim that uh, Mueller cleared Trump. On Russia, yeah. but those are the Republican wing nuts. What yeah, about right. the Democrats? The, the, the Democrats, I don't get it as much from them. Okay, on my with my group. Yeah, uh, mainly because they know how dedicated I am to insisting that the Russians had played an important part. Well, now those who the the, the, the Bernie Bros like yes. um, you you are. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. Huh? All right. It's my Bernie bro button. Now, the, the Bernie bros. Uh, just they, just they, people should know, Monroe voted for Hillary Clinton in 2016, and I voted for Bernie. Go. Right, right, exactly. Because right. I, I, I don't believe in wasting my vote. And, we, and, it, and, it, and, it, and if all the Bernie bros had voted for Hillary, we would be suffering as we are today. Allow me to say this in response to that. I voted for Hillary, all right? Don't blame me. I would have voted for it twice if I could have. Anyway, go ahead. I cut you off. Okay. So Bernie uh, Bros like me, yes. Yeah. yeah. They they do the Hillary was a lousy candidate. That's their argument. Yes. It wasn't the Russians. Yes, it was Hillary absolutely. was a lousy. Yeah. You know, and I point out to them. Go ahead. That Trump was the worst candidate <laughs> in American history. So that's not an excuse that there was another factor in it. Yeah. I I Listen, man, I hear you. There was an article today in the New York Times about the Democratic Socialists of America uh, convening a, their con- convention. I forget where it was, uh, but it was not in Chicago. Carlos uh, uh, Ramirez Rosa was there, alderman from the city of Chicago. We have six now Democratic Socialist aldermen in the Chicago City Council. So God bless them all, all right? Yeah. They're very passionate uh, practitioners of politics. They talked about uh, how they have these endless debates at their convention. They have all these re- uh, resolutions they're voting on, and they take it very seriously seriously everybody's following robert's rules of orders uh they're very serious uh political uh junkies i have nothing but love for them okay except on this point okay in the middle of the article 
uh, one of the Democratic Socialists was saying it's Bernie or bust. No, that's something that Bernie or bust. They're already saying if it's not right. Bernie, they're not going to vote for anybody. Right. Bernie doesn't say that. Right. Bernie says that right. he, in the article, they quote him saying the, the most fundamental issue we're facing right, right. now in America is defeating Donald John Trump. Yeah, see, and, and, and the problem with that is that's the same mentality as we have on the far right. I mean, the, the white supremacists want a race war. In fact, they think we're in a race war. It's, not, it's to them and it's to their mind of thinking, it's not a cold civil war. It's the real civil war. Yeah. And and that um, this is why this guy could, could 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 load up with his guns and go in there and just kill in cold blood. Yeah, a bunch of of um, people doing shopping for a back to school mm-hmm. at a Walmart. At, at a Walmart in El Paso. Yeah. Exactly, because they really think that there's going to be a race war, and so they're trying to get it on. With the 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 socialists, democratic socialists, democratic yeah. socialists, they're they're thinking it's all or nothing. Also, that okay, um, if we don't get Bernie or somebody like him, then let's keep a Trump because it'll remind people how screwed up the system yeah. is. By the way, it's Bernie. It it's not Bernie or somebody like him. Well, it's Bernie well, or bust. If if AOC was old enough to run, she would be acceptable. Yeah, to she's all. not all. But but look, okay, you have Elizabeth Warren in the campaign. I, I cannot. Uh, well, Elizabeth, heaven forbid, says she's a capitalist, so she doesn't count. Oh, I see. <laughs> but on, on practical policies, I cannot discern much of a difference if there is any between Elizabeth Warren. And Bernie Sanders. In fact, I don't know if we talked about this uh, since the debates. No, I don't think you've been on the show since the debates. I was surprised. I predicted it was wrong yeah. that Elizabeth Warren and Bernie would turn on each other in their debate when they were both on yeah, the not, say, No, I've been on since then. Oh, you've been cause, on since? Because they partnered up. Yeah, they partner up and they stood toe to toe. And and yet the Democratic Socialists are saying, no, she's not good enough. It's Bernie or bust. Yeah. That is lunacy, Monroe. Right. Exactly. Lunacy. It is. And uh, so I don't say, I don't know where, if you were going this far. Yeah. I would never say, because I don't even remotely believe that Bernie bros are any way as vile as. No, no, the, no, no, okay. no, no, no. I'm, just, I'm talking about it. It's, it's the same type of thinking. But no, they are, they, they are looking for a war or anything like that. But it's that where you lock, you're locked into a certain mentality. And so it's either my way or the highway. Yeah. And, and that's what they're doing. You know, and politics is you, you have to have some flexibility because nobody in, in a good political system gets everything they want. Uh, and, uh, well, before we get into the flexibility issue and Joe Biden, uh, that's <laughs> the most flexible. Uh, I have to say that another point that was raised uh, in the article where they were interviewing these democratic socialists that had me, I was reading this while I was on the train coming into the studio today. I was like, are you kidding me? They had some democratic socialist who is probably uh, talking about how during the, uh, right in the aftermath of the convention in 2016 or he or she, I think it was a, he uh, was protesting against Hillary Clinton. And I'm like, because the, it was rigged, the election process was rigged against Bernie Sanders. Oh my God, Delmarie Cobb, I wish she was in the studio. She can go on and on about it. Hillary out, got more votes than Bernie Sanders. You know, yeah, Delmarie yeah. Cobb, our, my, yeah. our good friend, yeah. she was a big Hillary supporter. But the point is this, that whole fight between Bernie and Hillary was fueled to a great degree uh-huh. by Republicans. Russians hacking into the Democrats, yeah. and, exposing they, and they also the, had the Russia bots. 
that they, they were, where they sent out these tweets and, yes. and Facebook posts. And one of their other strategies was to turn blacks against whites and to, to discourage blacks from, from voting for Hillary yeah. so that Trump could yeah. win. Well, we uh, by the way, this is still very much alive. Uh, the, the Donald Trump, I don't know if you saw this, but his campaign is making a strategic effort to one more time uh, play the, I call it the nihilism card with black voters. And that is uh, through Facebook ads, relentless right. fakes, right. Facebook ads right. uh, to black people. Right. Tell them there's no purpose, essentially, in voting for a Democrat because your life will not change. So just oh, don't vote. Oh, yeah. No, you, I have conservative blacks who are completely um, befuddling to me. I mean, how they could be that. But I have them repeating that stuff about um, how the Democrats have been in charge of cities and uh, and blacks are in horrible conditions and they should become Republicans. And I very carefully mm-hmm. point out to them that in this state alone, you have a black mayor of the largest city. You have um, the the Democrats' um, leader is a black woman. Tony Preckwinkle. Tony Preckwinkle. She's also president of the Cook County Board. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a, a uh, an attorney general who's black. Kwame Raul. Right, exactly. And a, uh, a lieutenant governor who's a black woman. Juliana Stratton. Yes. And we had a black president yes. from this state. Barack Obama. And, and, and in the meantime, Trump has one black person <laughs> in his entire <laughs> inner Carson. circle. Right, one. One. Right. The Republicans have two blacks in Congress, one in the Senate, one in the um, House, and the one in the House is not running again. Yeah, Tim Scott is right. in the Senate. And so how can you even... Be- begin to make the argument that the Republicans are better for blacks than Democrats. Yeah, and uh, so what uh, do the black conservatives say in response? Uh, they go on to the next subject. Uh, habita, habita, habita. Right, exactly, right. They go on to the next subject. <laughs> Here's the thing about Ben Carson. Uh, we, I, I thought about this the other day. So in the midst of, this is what Ben Carson, by the way, is a surgeon by training, uh, who is a renowned surgeon. Yeah, I had him on my show. Common ground. Back in the day before he lost his mind? Yes. Uh, yes, And (laughs) uh, he's a brain surgeon. Yeah, Yeah, right. Wait, so uh, you, by the way, Monroe Anderson, uh, before uh, he was a regular on the Ben Jarofsky show, had a whole life, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) A lot of millennials don't know this. (laughs) Monroe Anderson was a a columnist and a newspaper reporter for the Sun-Times, for the Tribune. Uh, He was press spokesperson, like I know his career better than he does, press spokesperson for uh, Eugene Sawyer for a couple of years, tried that out probably going on the other side and then throughout the 90s and then the o's he had a tv show on channel two was it am i correct just about the, the 90s just the 90s 91 the to 90 well 90 to 91 to 98 all right so ben carson was a guest on your show back then yeah or before he lost his yeah, mind all right exactly. ben, so ben carson uh so he he is and i had him on there as this young brilliant surgeon surgeon yeah who wrote a book that was a bestseller yeah anyway ben carson's a surgeon 
He's a doctor by training, yeah. all right? right? So he's also conservative. He ran for president yeah. uh, to the right of Trump on, right. on many issues. All right, so if you're going to say, I'm going to reward this man for his loyalty to the Republican Party, uh, you should, tr- I, in my humble opinion, pick uh, uh, a cabinet position that relates to his expertise so i don't know you could make him uh you put him in charge of the health department well, that. okay but this is how cynical republicans yes, that's are this is how ahead. cynical um daddy bush put clarence thomas in charge of the education department mm-hmm. because he wanted to kill education yeah. trump has uncle ben in charge of HUD because he wants to kill HUD. Yeah, it was no Clarence Thomas EEOC. He was in charge of equal opportunity. That's what he wanted yeah, to kill. E, equal yeah, right. opportunity. E, yeah, yeah, EEOC. But, yeah, okay, right. so you take him and you put him in HUD. I think it's even more cynical than that, Monroe. I'm thinking they're thinking uh, HUD. That's like black people. I'll put the black guy with the black people. He right. could be Surgeon General. Right. I'm not saying I want him to be Surgeon right. General. Right. But he is but, a surgeon. Yeah. He like, you know, make, right. well, he's a surgeon. Make him Surgeon General. Well, except he might not have decided that Trump was in the best shape oh. of any president oh, yeah. in the history of the world. Wasn't that, was that the Surgeon General? <laughs> no, that, that? that was the House doctor. Th- that was the, the House doctor. White House doctor. They took a lot. It's one of my favorite things. I riffed on this for so Donald Trump is at least 300 pounds. I, listen, even you Trump lovers out there, that's a beefy boy, and, all right? And, and he's not six. <laughs> and he's not 6'3". He's, he's not 6'3". He's, six, he's the same height as, as Barack Obama. There are pictures of the two of them together. And Obama's six one. Yeah. Okay. So he's six one. And when uh, oh boy, the doctor in the White House did his physical examination somehow or other, Donald Trump was six three. What are you two twenty five or something no, like that? Two seven. Oh, no, yeah, or two thirty nine. Yeah, right. Exactly. What scale are you using? Right. 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 And the healthiest, the, the healthiest president that you ever heard of. Come on, Although right he does no exercise, exercise and he eats fast food. All right, tell me, right now, how much does Donald Trump weigh in your humble opinion? Go. 300. 300. I think he's 300. What's that? Lena? I just looked it up. Yeah. What does it say? 243. Yeah, 243. That guy does not weigh 243 pounds. Yeah, right. Okay. Right. I said it once. I'll say it again. Yeah, That's his, a beefy boy. Yeah, his, he weighs at his, least three hundred pounds. His, 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 his gut weighs two hundred and forty-three pounds. Anyway, so this is how cynical they are. They put Ben Carson in charge of HUD. Knows nothing about housing. Right. Absolutely, he's never worked in the housing field his well, whole life. He, never, he, he's not a developer. And I, th- I think he lived in public housing at one point in his life. So that makes him an expert. I see. Okay. Well, but that was when he was a kid. He hasn't lived in right. one for a long time. Right. So he's in charge of HUD somehow or other. Uh, this is how uh, little he has to do as in charge of HUD. When the fight broke out between Donald Trump and Elijah Cummings, I don't know if we talked about this. May have happened yeah, since no, the I can't yeah. remember. No, I, because so much happens with Trump. That's the problem. <laughs> and, and this is how this is how he got elected. I mean, one of the ways he got elected uh, was that he did so many um, outrageous things that. Every other day you were saying, oh, God, uh, he's never going to get elected because he'd said this. He, t- he attacked a gold star family. Yes. You know? he, he attacked um, a, a war hero. Yeah. John McCain, McCain, yeah. I mean, you, you went through one thing after the next. So each time they pr- predicted that this would be the end of his candidacy. Yeah. And, uh, and he was a bad penny. Uh, yeah, he was a bad penny. Anyway, so he's the head. Uh, ben Carson's the head of HUD. But apparently, even though it's 
it's very significant position, uh, overseeing millions and millions of dollars, billions of dollars uh, in uh, federal funds to for housing throughout the country. He has so much time on his hand that in the middle of the fight between Donald Trump and Elijah Cummings, the congressman from Baltimore, all right, who uh, Trump took on uh, because Elijah Cummings dared to criticize Donald Trump, so Trump just waged war on Twitter war against Cummings. Right. Ben Carson had enough time in his hand to schlep over to Baltimore for a press conference at some like I don't to sh- like devastated lot or something to show how bad Baltimore was. I'm like, don't you have to run the the Department of well, Housing and Development? It, it, it wasn't on a Friday. He goes home Thursday night. Ben, I did not know that. To Florida. He has a place in Florida. So, <laughs> so he's, a, he, he's a he's a four-day-a-week a four sort of uh, operator. Uh, that's, wow. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Monroe Anderson is my guest. We're talking politics, politics. What, my, my wife Joyce keeps asking, is he still there? Is he still, is he still in the cabinet? I said, well, yeah. He's yeah, there when Trump yeah, needs him. Right, exactly. Wait, tell me there's not another black person in the White House? No. Come on. There's no. got to be somebody in the white house like an aide or anything nothing no he's the only one right the first thing trump did when he got to the white house there was this black woman who ran the operation yeah he fired her one of his first his very first fire and now the official reason why he fired her is he didn't like the way she was handling his having his his tanning booth um handled I, I missed this one. This I, I do not remember her at all. What yeah, was her name? I can't remember. Yeah. I can't remember. Anyway, that's Monroe Anderson. I'm Ben Jarofsky. We'll take a break. Be right back with more political talk. The issue of gun safety, of course, is that the NRA has us in a chokehold. But so do the pharmaceutical companies, so do the health insurance companies, so do the fossil fuel companies, and so do the defense contractors. And none of this will change until we either pass a constitutional amendment or pass legislation that establishes public funding for federal campaigns. But for politicians, including my fellow candidates, who themselves have taken tens of thousands and in some cases hundreds of thousands of dollars from these same corporate donors to think that they now have the moral authority to say, we're going to take them on, I, I don't think the Democratic Party should be surprised that so many Americans believe yada, yada, yada. It is time for us to start over with people who have not taken uh, donations from any of these corporations and can say with real moral authority, that is over. We are going to establish public funding for federal campaigns. That's what we need to stand up to. We need to have a constitutional amendment. We need to have, pu- we need to have legislation Thank to do it. You. And until we do it, it's just the same Thank old, you. same Thank old. You. Hey, everybody, what you're about to hear are the piano stylings of Jeff Manuel. Man, listen to Jeff go. Jeff Manuel has been playing piano around Chicago for years. He's played for conventions, for celebrities, played in basement bars with blues bands. He's played at prestigious social clubs, fine restaurants, and in the intimacy of private homes. Book Jeff Manuel at jeffemanuelpianist.com. Don't worry, I'll spell his name at the end of this commercial. You know what Chicago Magazine said? They said that Jeff Manuel is, quote, as comfortable with Chopin as he is with Cole Porter. He's excellent, and his performance is joyous. He offers an elegant stream of compositions and interpretations that entertains the mind but won't hurt the ears. To hear more of Jeff Manuel's work and to book Jeff for your next event, go to jeffmanuelpianist.com. I'm going to spell it out for you, people. J E F F. 
M as in Mary, A, N as in Nancy, U, E, L, P, I, A, N, I, S, T, dot com. Take it away, Jeff Manuel. Everybody, hour number two of your Ben Jarofsky show for Wednesday, August 7th is just moments away. But before we get into that, we need to thank the following unions once again for jumping on board and helping bring back our program. First up, it's the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, not Aerosmith, Local 126 and District 8, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, and the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 126. 50. Thank you once again to those unions for jumping on board and helping bring back our program. And of course, today's Ben Jarofsky show is brought to you by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. Hour number two, let's go. It is Wednesday, August 7th, and live from the Chicago Sun-Times Chicago Reader Studio on Racine Avenue... This is the Ben Jarofsky Show. Correct. In this hour of the program, we still got Monroe Anderson in studio. Former 2019 Chicago mayoral candidate Willie Wilson will join us. And we welcome comedian slash actor Pat Whalen. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist, Benny J. Ben Jarofsky. Yes, indeed. The other day I got a call from my good friend Scott, who's top aide to Willie Wilson. He says, Willie Wilson wants to come on the show and talk politics. I said, Willie Wilson is always welcome to come on my show. Mayoral <laughs> candidate twice, not just in 2015, but in 2019. I cut a deal. Say, be here at 2.30, but here's something you need to know about Willie Wilson. Uh-oh. Willie Wilson did not become successful businessman by getting think places late. He gets up early. I'm up at the crack of 9.30 every morning. By then, Willie Wilson He's already been up for four hours cutting deals and building his business empire. And so he showed up a half hour early. How about that, Monroe? And, and giving away money. And giving away money. Where's my money? Anyway, Willie Wilson's here early. When he walked in, I go, Willie Wilson, sit down. Uh, come on the show early. Let's just flip it around. We're doing a lot of political discussion about Trump, Democrats. We were just about to get to reparations, which is something I know you want to talk about. Absolutely. So welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us here. You know, we miss you. Yes. Well, I'm right here. I haven't gone anywhere. <laughs> By the way, you know this young man sitting next to you, right? I do yeah. indeed. We, uh, we, we go back to the um, early 90s. Well, as a matter of fact, uh, my TV show started uh, when he was there. He was uh, in charge of uh, community affairs and vice president and everything, uh, CBS. Yes. Uh, local. That is correct. We were just reminiscing about those days. All right. Uh, so Willie Wilson's in the studio. Uh, we're going to keep continue the national talk, but uh, let's do pr- uh, a little local talk. Uh, Willie, you uh, made headlines in the Sun-Times, was it last week, I want to say, uh, with uh, you were talking about your reparations plan, yeah. but you also mentioned that you had not heard from Mayor Lori Lightfoot, and Monroe, you know this, uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot was ha- assisted uh, by Willie Wilson, yes. to a degree or not, uh, yeah. because Willie endorsed her right. after... And he the- had all the black wards. Basically, he had won all the black wars. He did win. Every time he comes on the show, he always tells me that, too. Oh, he won right. every no. black war. Well, he did. Yeah. Right. Exactly. D- did you win? I don't know if you won them all. Did you win them all? Yeah, I won them all. I mean, when I endorsed them, I went, we, we, well, I think it was 
13 in the first one, and I came back endorsed, and we won all 18 for my endorsement. Uh, yes, yeah. you won 13 of 18 awards. So, yeah. I yeah. came back endorsed, and we won you know, all 18. She won all 18. All right, so yeah. you've reached out to Lori Lightfoot? Uh, yeah, several times. I, I cannot get a phone call back from her, but I, I, she will return a check, but not the phone calls. And so I don't know what happened, but I'm still here willing to help, you know, if she called on me, I'm willing to help. So I really don't know what happened. I think after the uh, election, I think uh, that was that. And, and um, you know, there's one time asked me, did I feel I was used? Well, yeah, I do. I'm disappointed, she said, asked me. And I said, yeah, be honest with you, but I said, it's life. She's married to Chicago. She did what she, you know, see fit. But I'm still here willing to try to help if she happened to call on me and need me. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I still feel the same way, you know? Uh, and uh, so the issue that you sought her assistance was uh, reparations, is that correct? Well, I was calling to trying to get on her calendar to talk with her. That's one of the things that I wanted to talk to her about. Mm-hmm. All right? But I, I could not get the um, return call or the appointment as of yet. All right? so, so we don't know. You know? So, but nevertheless, since we could not, I just went to uh, the Alderman. Alderman, so not, oh yeah, Alderman Sawyer is going to introduce the bill. Uh, September the 18th. Mm-hmm. All right, we have had several um, town hall meetings. We had uh, one last week, one last night, uh, 4920 uh, West Madison. We got one, two next week. Mm-hmm. We got two next week. Uh, one is in North 2909 uh, North Central. That's one. And then we got one in Ravenwood. And then I called my good friend Dan Proc. He's going to get me back with me today, so he's sending it one as well. His good friend Dan Proc. Dan Proc. Yeah, he always criticized me. You know? <laughs> Dan Proc is not my good friend. Yeah, that is for certain. <laughs> well, let me tell you, I like Dan. I like Dan. Let me tell you what. Oh, go ahead. I, I didn't figure he, he look, he has his, 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 his problems. So do we all, you know, have uh-huh. our ups and downs, our disagreement. But, but I, I, I really, he's a nice guy. I like talking to him, and I like challenging also. You know, he's giving you a different perspective. Yeah. You know, well, Willie, you've been known uh, to drink a little bit of uh, the Republican Kool-Aid from time to time. Uh, <laughs> well, he is a millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah a multi-millionaire. Who said I was a millionaire? Who said I was a millionaire? You said it the last time you were on the show. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and if, in fact, Buck, uh, Barclay's grandmother one time was complaining. Charles Barclay. Yeah, Charles Barclay's grandmother was talking about Republicans and, yeah. and how they, they had all this money and they did this. And he says to her, well, Grandma, you, you realize I'm a millionaire. Yeah. No, Barkley said I'm a Republican. The grandma said, how can yeah. you be a Republican? Republicans are rich. And he goes, right. Grandma, I am rich. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Uh, so, so he is rich. Yeah. So yeah. Willie Wilson. Willie I, is rich. I know you've been known to drink from that Republican Kool-Aid from time to time. When you come on my show, I try to, you know, take the cup away from you and bring you back to your Democratic roots. Uh, but yeah, you endorsed Rauner and you voted for Trump. Now, you must have misgivings about Donald John Trump when you watch how he is uh, acting uh, over the last several months. I have indeed. I, I, I really do. Uh, because I, this this is not the... Look, we got to bring people together. Not separate us. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, you know, so I, I... Indeed, I have. You know, and, and, and so uh, let's hope that get together all the people all their lives. And I don't know what happened to him uh, down in El Paso yet. I don't know if he made it down there today or not. Yeah, he's there. He's he, he, I thought now. he went to Dayton. He put both. 
Oh, he's doing, it, it's a, 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 a double hitter. But has he been now? I thought he went to Dayton first. He was Dayton first. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. But right. I, I don't know if he made it to El Paso yet. Yeah, that's oh, what I'm yeah, saying. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, okay. I don't think he's made it to El Paso yet. Right, yeah, right. Okay. He's in the air, right? Yeah, and, and it's just so, but... Um, Scott, with the update, he's in the air. Yeah, <laughs> but but look, I'm, I'm going to say it this way here. I'm, 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 you know, I always have to say it straight out, okay? Democratic or Republican, doesn't make me no different. If, if, if you don't raise taxes on people... All right, I'm either one. Okay, if you're Democratic, you raise taxes. I'm not Democratic. If you're Republican, and don't raise taxes. I'm Republican. All right. But Willie, you got to fund I, government. <laughs> How are you going to fund government without raising taxes? Well, you look the corruption. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You pay the politician, but get in the office. Guess what they do? They raise taxes on you. No good deed go unpunished. That's basically it. All right. So wait, you're saying don't fund government until everybody stops being corrupt? Well, well, no. What happened is that you're taking from the poor and you're running them out of the city of Chicago. Well, they right. You, 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 you're passing bills and taking people uh, property on the poor now. Mm-hmm. Then you're taxing people ten times more in the, in the black community than the rest of the community. That ain't right. And, and let me put a few other things here. Uh, black people make thirty six thousand Chicago a year. Hispanic forty six thousand. White is 81,000. In other words, the black people right now in Chicago making what the white person made 50, 75 years ago. Mm-hmm. That ain't right. All right? But, okay, reparation comes into play, in my opinion. We have 400 years of free labor. 400 years. So, okay, you, you, you take that, uh, 400 years of free labor. Uh, see, black people was not brought over here as human beings. They were brought over as property. They were fought. So it's different than somebody from Vietnam or, or, or the Latina coming in. Mm-hmm. They came in because they wanted to come in and run away from whatever situation is there. Well, if you can take care of all these other things, you can take care of black people to help build America. Right? So, so, so it was promised in 1865 Abraham Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Then Abraham Lincoln told the general, okay, go out and five black preachers made the deal for land. It came with a 40 acre and a mule. Yes, sir. Now, after they did that, mm-hmm. they gave it to him. Then the person, after he got assassinated, the person came in as president, reversed it, and gave that land back to the uh, uh, Confederate. Mm-hmm. All right? I, I he, agree. He did it for Japan. Yeah? Listen, uh, I'm with you on reparations. I'm glad uh, to know that. Uh, who are, are good for well, Sergio was the one who was vehemently against reparations. But I'm going to go back to what I just got finished saying. You cannot fund reparations if you can't fund government. You cannot fund government if you don't have some form of income coming in. So if you, if you on one hand you're saying I'm against taxing, I'm a vote for any Republican over a Democrat if the Democrats for taxation, and on the other hand you're saying I'm for reparations. I want to raise at least seven hundred million dollars to pay back the descendants of the slaves who were brought over in chains to this country and exploited for four hundred years. You can't have it both ways. It's like the state of Indiana. Those those who think they can fund their government and pave their roads without paying taxes. Guess what, Willie? Their roads are terrible. You ever driven on a road in Indiana? But, yeah, but let me ask you this, though. Yeah, look, right now you're trying to form a sanctuary city. All right? Well, what about the black? Well, uh, you're, you're trying to build, uh, uh, raise the money for O'Hare? 
uh, Lincoln Yard, uh, paying the school teacher, building police academy. Uh, uh, I'm with okay. you 100%. Uh, yeah, uh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Jump in, one. man. Yeah, Jump right, in. exactly. I'm in here. I'm in here. <laughs> Come I, on, Monroe. Three, I think it was three weeks ago. Yes. There was this forum mm-hmm. um, at the um, Federal uh, Reserve Bank. Mm-hmm. On South Street, right there on the South Street, and the title of the forum was "The Plundering of Black Wealth in Chicago," and they were talking about contract buying houses. Mm-hmm. And in the fifties and the sixties, eighty-seven percent of the black owned houses in Chicago were contract mm-hmm. bought. Wow, eighty-seven. Eighty-seven percent. And the way they, the way they, the way they did it was um, you you couldn't get a federal loan, mm-hmm. a federal housing loan. Uh, blacks couldn't. Yeah. It was just discriminated. They had these covenants back then. So the only way you could buy this house was th- through somebody else uh, in a contract. And the contract was that you would um, pay for the house mm-hmm. for X amount of years, 30 years. If you missed a payment, they could evict you. That's gone. Um, any money you put into the house, yeah. because it was their house until you it was right. paid off, um, you didn't benefit yeah. from any home improvement or anything like that. And so the um, projection was that Chicago blacks were um, cheated out of $3.8 billion. Absolutely. And, you know, so if we don't have to, as, as far as I'm concerned, we don't have to do uh, reparations for slavery or anything. We could do reparations, reparations for the contract, for, for the buyers, contract buyers. All right, so but get to the central point. If you let's say you want to reimburse, yeah, all those homeowners, yeah, who are ripped off. No, you got to have taxes. You, you got to have taxes. No, no, Willie, Will, <laughs> Will, Will, yeah. Will, Will, Willie's doing the rich man's perspective. You know, look at this way. No, it's it's no. my money, and I want to keep it no. or do with it whatever I want to do. You're not thinking right. You're not thinking right. Go. that's been said more than once. You're not thinking right. Let me let me tell you what. Go. Blacks in Chicago is thirty point thirty one percent of Chicago. Right, less than one percent of the contract go to black. Okay, the school is majority to black. Over seventy percent of white teachers. You know, uh, uh, look, look, all the contract, all the tax that you pay into the city of Chicago, we're still not getting back. Oh, oh no, that's true. There. That's true. That's true. Well, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm going to tell you how yeah. to pay for it now. Yeah. Okay. Go, go ahead. Right. Here we okay. Go. How are you going to pay for yeah. it? Yeah. All right. All right. Look, look. Trump approved yeah. Yeah. approach coming up. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm going to tell you how to pay for it. Look, oh, on, let me have some Republican cool. Every, everything, <laughs> the, every time it comes down to black, we ain't got the money to pay for it. Look, the blacks have carried enough burden in, in the past 400 years of free labor. Understand now, you got major corporation here today. That benefit benefit out the back of labor. All right. So listen, you and, we're all three in agreement that blacks have been exploited through the whole history of this country and re- need reparations. And, and are getting so are you willing? Now. Uh, yeah. Are you willing to take back that tax cut that Trump enacted in 2017 so that you could fund reparations and fund uh, paying back black people for the exploitation? Well, wait, wait, go further back than that, though. All right. Way back further than that. All right. So you gotta learn your history. Talk your history. Okay? No, right. Now. We're talking now. about the right now. We're We're right no, right no, 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 no. Right now, right now is yeah. bad from the history. If you don't know your history, where you're going? 
Okay, right. but right. but what about that question I just asked you? Right. Are you willing to support join Monroe right. and me right. in calling on Donald John Trump to take back that tax break that he gave the wealthiest people in the country so we have the money to start paying back for all the crimes that we've committed for all these centuries? No, no, black people have committed crime because the economic situation is not into, in, into the neighborhood. But let me just answer your question here. Go ahead. I believe in tax cut. One. Mm-hmm. All right? Because as a business person, now y'all gotta give it to me. I'm a business person. I can talk business, business all day long. At least you're honest. And we're getting the business person's perspective. Okay, from business, but definitely, definitely. Look, from business, it keep you from going overseas into other country doing business. If you keep you here, you create more jobs for the people. Understand, when you give tax cut, business stays here. People don't take their money and put it in other places. People take the money and keep the job here in the manufacturing. Buy another here. house or two. Yeah, right? Buy another house. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell, <laughs> tell you what. I'm going to tell you this Right. And, and, and you know what? If, if you raise taxes, let's just use Chicago now. Mm-hmm. You raise taxes, what happens? People go to Gary and Anna and get their gasoline, buy their drugs and everything. People leave the city, right? That don't work, all right? But how can Texas and, and, and Tennessee down there look tax our way lower and people are flooding down there because it's job, all right? Up Chicago and Illinois just corruption. I think Illinois is the third state corruptest state, I think it is, when I heard in, in the United States, mm-hmm. all right? Be, be t- behind Texas and who else? Yeah. Texas is pretty corrupt. Yeah, no, it is the most. They got, they got jobs down there. there. They got jobs. But it's still a corrupt state. Well, okay, put them both corrupt, but you corrupt and got a lot of jobs. Here you corrupt and got no job. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so the issue is not the corruption. The issue is the jobs. Uh, I Listen, I just do not but know. The issue is Willie wants to keep his money. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Look, no. I, look, I, I give away my money. Yeah, you do. You do. See, but now this is this is this is the Republican rich man's thinking is that it's my money and I'll give it to who I want to, not to the federal yeah. no, government. No, no, no. I said I, I said I give it to whoever I want. I'm tired of white people telling me what to do with my money. Yeah, right. I can I appreciate yeah, that. I agree with you. Yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, right, 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 right. No argument there. Yeah, no argument there. You understand? There. I'm from Jim Crow days, yeah. all right? Yes. I'm from Jim Crow days now, right? Yes. I ain't got nothing against no color, no nothing, all right? Yeah. But I, I, look, the thing about this here that look, it, it, look, we pay more in crime in Chicago, locking people up in prison. Uh, hire more police officer than as opposed to there about eight neighborhoods in Chicago mm-hmm. that causing all the problems. Mm-hmm. My bill talking about the poor, you know, giving them free uh, 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 training, you know, education. They can go to all the city's colleges and the state. They can go to the University of uh, Illinois and mm-hmm. things like that. All right, and and get them up to par first. All right, and it calls for equity, equality, and contracts and jobs for the thirty one percent of the people. Uh, in in in, uh, in in Chicago plus Illinois, but so it, it talks about that All because right. we got to get yeah, the crime yeah. down. In, in in 1980, when I was at the Tribune, mm-hmm. um, I did an investigation on the black tax, where we talked about redlining and the exploitation, the insurance. And we used what we in the investigation. What we used was. Um, the ubiquitous uh, Chicago bungalow. Mm-hmm. We did south side um, bungalows and north side bungalows, and they looked 
you had photographs of them. You couldn't tell one from the other. And the difference in the, in the taxes, the, the difference in the value of the property, et cetera. So, no, that was going on um, in 1980. It's going on today. And so that needs to be addressed. But you got to pay taxes. <laughs> got to pay taxes, Willie. I mean. How are you going to pay taxes when you're running people out of Chicago and when you ain't got no money well, to pay let's taxes? Just talk, let's forget Chicago. <clears throat> let's talk about the federal government. This thing really irritates me about Donald John Trump. He acts as though Chicago is not in the United States of America. Or he, Baltimore. Or Baltimore. Wherever there's a high concentration of black people, he acts like that's not his country. So he doesn't have to do anything about it. So I say... Okay, let's not raise taxes in the city of Chicago. Let's bring back the tax cut that Donald Trump uh, imposed back in 2017 right. by one vote well, yeah, you know. and use that money to fund reparations, right. to fund the rebuilding of Chicago, to fund mental health clinics in the city yeah. of Chicago, to help fund our pension crisis. We've just figured it out. You just have to sign on to bring no, back that tax. No, no, look, 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 I do not agree with what the president is doing today at all. So you favor you joining I, me and Monroe and calling for bringing back the tax that he cut? No, no, I, no. I, the, the, the tax cut is totally different because I know raising taxes, uh, giving tax cut, keep businesses here and businesses create more jobs. I'm talking about the federal tax. I'm talking about federal tax down here. the tax, the richest people in the world and the income they're making. What business? What business moved to Chicago and and hire people on the west or south sides based on the proceeds they got from Donald John Trump's tax break? Name, show me a business. Or the business? Actually, what what what's happening here is the businesses they're bringing in are basically white-collar businesses. They aren't manufacturing, and so if you aren't... But not one of them came to Chicago because Donald Trump Trump got him a tax break. Right. Think no, about that. Right. I can't... Right. Uh, y'all got to understand this. This thing was, was on his team way before Donald Trump. Listen. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just saying that this was on his team way before Donald Trump. What did, what did how, uh, right. Harry Truman say? The buck stops here, right? No, He's the president of the United no, States. No, no, no. The buck been way back there, all right? <laughs> no, all right? no. Okay, well, look, I cannot. I'm going to tell you this, mate. Uh, look, I, look, I'm one this way. If you're Democratic, Republican, doing what's right for the people, I'm, I'm for that. I definitely find that, but I know it. I know I must speak the truth as it is. This thing, look, I don't like the idea of what, what Donald Trump is doing right now. Some of the things, but look, look, uh, it raised and lowered them taxes thing. Uh, the unemployment rate is way down now. Black people benefit from that too. All right, and that's now, Obama. But, Trump is just riding Obama's. Didn't he say the buck? But didn't he just say the buck stop here? Did you just say that? Yeah. Didn't you just say that? Yeah, yeah. he did. I've been waiting for the comeback. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, right. So well, what, what about Obama? Now you Obama, the buck stop here. It, it, the buck should stop right on that too. What do you usually say when <laughs> I throw that at you? Remember I told you, Monroe, uh, Donald Trump's always talking about how the black uh, unemployment rate is lower now than it was yes. during Obama. Yeah. What do you usually say when oh, I say Oh, what that? I usually say is it's still twice the unemployment, still twice the unemployment rate of white men. Yes. And you just got finished saying you want a reparations bill to pay back for all the injustices that have been done and the injustices that continue. I agree with you 100%. I just don't know how you can fund a reparations right. bill well, with well, tax cuts well, for the richest people. But, but why is she start right now? It's just, it, it, this thing, 1865 now from 1865 because the people right? who are alive now need 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 uh, solutions what happened 400 years ago was horrible 
but but there are horrible things happening right now, and I think that that's what we need to address. Oh, no, look there! Right now, today, right now, today, ninety percent of the prison is, 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 is black people of color. Ninety percent. Mm-hmm. A lot of it misdemeanor and nonviolent. Right, right. In, in the United States, all right. Slavery right now is worth, economically speaking, for black people versus in, in 1865. In, in jail, you got you got more uh, African female right now no, is going no, to prison. Well, in, in 1865, there was no unemployment among black people because they were all enslaved, and so they were. But, but I'm free. talking about the freedom in terms of, 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 of freedom while your slavery is coming a different way. All right, listen, we're going to take a little break. We'll come back. Uh, I'm going to play that Marion Williamson uh, bit from the debate on reparations. Get your thoughts on that, Willie Wilson and Monroe right. Anderson. we got Willie Wilson and Monroe Anderson, like two giants from uh, Chicago debating. One's liberal, the other's a little drinking that conservative Kool-Aid. We'll be right no, back. he's counting his money. Yeah, he's counting his money. During the break, Willie will count his money. We'll be right back. <laughs> Today's Ben Jaromsky Show was brought to you in part by Chicago Architecture Center. Discover the breadth and majesty of Chicago's architecture on a Chicago Architecture Center bus tour. From bungalows to Bauhaus, our expert docents will share the fascinating stories behind our city's architecture. Book your tour at architecture.org slash tours. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm actually on a bus tour right now. Oh, my. Look at that wonderful piece of architecture. Get a special discount for Illinois residents from July 15th to August 15th. All Illinois residents get 50% off select walking tours. Visit architecture.org slash IL dash resident. I've seen a whole lot of catfish, some turtles. Uh, No gators yet, though. Hey, playing now at Steppenwolf Theater, the world premiere of Ms. Black for President. It's inspired by the true, that's true as in it really happened, T-R-U-E story of Joan Dett Black, America's first drag queen presidential candidate. You know who created it, D? No. It was created by Tony nominee Tina Landau. Oh. And you know who else created it? No. Oscar winner Terrell Alvin McCraney. You know him, Moonlight. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. For tickets, visit Steppenwolf.org. That's Steppenwolf, like the rock group from the 60s, Hang tight, millennials. <laughs> the Ben Drosky Show is supported by the Northwestern Summer Writers Conference. Now in its 15th year, the three-day conference held in Chicago features a diverse array of workshops, speakers, discussions, and readings. Learn more at sps.northwestern.edu slash writers. Welcome back to the Ben Drosky Show. Yes, indeed. We have Willie Wilson in the studio with Monroe Anderson. Great treat. Uh, they have a different worldviews, and uh, but they're but both your old friends. Old friends, <laughs> yes, and a heavy emphasis on the word old. We're old. We're all of the same generation, and but here we are. We're still ticking. All right, we were talking about reparations, and uh, uh, that reminded me that Marion Williamson, candidate for president, uh, made a very interesting. Uh, remark on this subject, uh, had some interesting comments during the debates. We're going to play Marion Williamson's comments and then get a response from uh, uh, Willie Wilson and Monroe Anderson. So here's Marion Williamson from last week's debates. Many of your opponents support a commission to study the issue of reparations for slavery, but you are calling for up to $500 billion in financial assistance. What makes you qualified to determine how much is owed in reparations? Well, first of all, it's not $500 billion in financial assistance. It's $500 billion, 200 to $500 billion payment of a debt that is owed. That is what reparations is. 
We need some deep truth telling when it comes. We don't need another commission to look at evidence. I appreciate what uh, Congressman O'Rourke has said. It is time for us to simply realize that this country will not heal. All that a country is is a collection of people. People heal when there's some deep truth telling. We need to recognize that when it comes to the economic gap between blacks and whites in America, it does come from a great injustice that has never been dealt with. That great injustice has had to do with the fact that there was 250 years of slavery followed by another 100, 100 years of domestic terrorism. What makes me qualified to say 200 to 500 billion dollars? I'll tell you what makes me qualified. If you did the math of the 40 acres and a mule, given that there was four to five million slaves at the end of, of of the Civil War, they were fortified, and they were all promised 40 acres and a mule for every family of four. If you did the math today, it would be trillions of dollars, and I believe that anything less than $100 billion is, is an insult, and I believe that 200 to $500 billion is, is politically feasible today because so many Americans realize there is an injustice that continues to form a toxicity underneath the surface, an emotional turbulence Ms. that Williamson, only reparations Thank you very much. Senator Sanders. Oh, man, I got to tell you, <laughs> Willie Wilson and Monroe, I've heard that five times, six times, gets to me every time. And uh, my friends of the leftist persuasion are very upset with me. They think I spend too much time uh, singing the praises of Marion Williamson. I know she's not a perfect person yeah. by any means. No, but, but she's she impressive. told it like it oh, is yeah, at no, that no, moment. No, the, the thing is, this is why she's going to be on the stage. She's still in the race. Because, you know, she, she doesn't have the credentials. But she is so good at addressing the issues. Yeah. And, she, and she does a she does the truth telling that the average politician can't do. This this is why Mayor Lightfoot doesn't want to meet with, with <laughs> Willie because that's a difficult political uh, position to take. Yeah. So it's easier not to meet with. Oh, him in other words, a reparations. Reparations. Yeah. Reparations is 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 a tough topic. Yeah. For it is a politician. Topic. Yeah. Because um, anytime I've written about it in mm -hmm. the past, and what white people say to me, they send me letters or what have you, and they say, "Well, I wasn't a slave. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, uh, I never had a slave. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm from Europe." Not realizing that they are benefiting from that free labor and that foundation, economic foundation that we built hundreds of years ago. In fact, whenever somebody tells me how to go back to Africa. I tell them, why would I go back to Africa when it was my ancestors that built the economic uh, foundation of this mm -hmm. country? And I'm still trying to reap the benefits yeah. from that. Yeah. Uh, and right by the way, now. have you ever even been in Africa? Once. Well, we're in South Africa, right? Yeah, South Africa. Okay. Uh, I was going to say, how can you go back to Africa and never even been in Africa? Right, exactly. Right, exactly. Uh, Once ever. And, and that was 12 years ago, so it, wasn't, it was fairly recent. So, Willie, when you heard Marianne Williamson, what were you thinking? I said she's right on. I, I, don't, I wouldn't put a figure on it because nobody knows how much that is. Mm -hmm. All right? I, I, would, I would just say uh, people ask me about it. Why did I do it? Well, I... So I don't debate, and I say, you know what? This is an opportunity for me to play a, a major part in history. I said, Dr. King and Malcolm X and the forefather, ancestor, was here and didn't have the necessary dollars to put out here and bring the awareness. I wanted the black community to vote in Chicago, and I said, uh, let me take about a hundred grand, spend it on commercial. 
bring it up. Meet with white, blacks, everything else. Mm-hmm. And let's see what we can do. We need to talk about it. We need to work the thing out together. And, and, and that's what I'm doing. I mean, we own social media. We own the different TV station, radio, and stuff like that. Uh, and so that, to me, $100,000 is a lot of money. I may have to spend more than that. But it gives me an opportunity to participate at a, at a, at a certain moment, time in life. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm qualified, but I don't want the money myself or nothing like that. But but I look up my ancestor record of the day. It's horrible back then. I had a five-year-old niece, had a baby, five years old, from ancestor. Yeah, was raped by a white man, mm-hmm. all right? So I know that tro- she wasn't five years old no, when she, she had the baby. Old. Five years old. She had the baby when she was five years five old? Five years old, uh-huh. Right. How'd that happen? She wasn't... She hadn't hit, uh, they, they, the doctor said the same thing, but when they did, they thought it was a tumor. And they went in and cut it, it was a baby. Uh-huh. First time in history. But, you know, as, as sad as it may be in no particular time, I was Jim Trow in Jim Trow days. I, I couldn't walk across the street. I had to look down on, um, on, on the ground mm-hmm. when a two-year-old or three-year-old kid, white kid by me, that what I had to do. I had to be in the field picking cotton with, with 20 different families out there, while the white man come down and be at, at one of them house going with his wife. I, I've sought all those things. I live all those things. And still not bitter, you know? But I try to bring us together and everything. Uh, reparation is something ain't gonna go away, so let's deal with it. Mm-hmm. So I put my money where my mouth at and spend a lot of time out here trying to get, deal with this whole situation. If we can get it done in Chicago, Chicago would set the example for the whole nation. Mm. And that's why I jump into it, spending money and use whatever influence that I might have, whatever that may be, and let's get out and talk about it and get it done. All right. And uh, before we uh, take a break and bring our next guest on, I'll, I'll close by uh, asking each of you uh, for your assessment of where we are right now. Uh, with the uh, presidential uh, election. Monroe, you and I talk every week about this, almost like week to week. Right. Uh, so it, the debates are over. Yeah. Uh, I, I told you already about the Democratic Socialist fire up. It's Bernie or bust for them. Yeah. Uh, what's your sense of who's where the Democrats are going right now? Is it still just too chaotic and confusing? It's to too me? early. Yeah. You know, at this point in, in the election, 2007 2008 Obama was um, at 3% or something mm-hmm. he wasn't he wasn't registering so it's it's too it's too early for this they're just I like to see the sparring I, I hope they don't get to be too personal on it because um, we've got to impeach Trump indict him and imprison him mm-hmm. that's the first thing Monroe Anderson's been consistent on all three of those things <laughs> for as long as we've been talking for, since Donald Trump was elected president uh, Willie Wilson what's your thoughts about the presidential race right now uh, it, you know he, I, I would agree with uh, Brother Anders on that piece it's too early to tell in my opinion mm-hmm. alright um, you know I'm, I'm, I'm one to look at let's hear what they got to say and what they're going to uh, stand for and do Okay, a plus for me is reparation because you're trying to bring the country together and heal. Mm-hmm. You know, deal with the problem right now. Let's bring the country together and let's heal. Start talking about it. And so I do think it's too early to really, right. really tell. Well, if reparations is your issue, then Marion Williamson is your candidate. Here's the button right there. Uh, <laughs> she's the only one I know who's come out for reparations. Am I right about that, Monroe? No, 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 no. Huh. Um, 
one of the I'm trying to remember who it was, it was one uh, of the other candidates. Uh, uh, which guy came out? Uh, the, the the guy uh, used to be mayor of uh, Cory Booker. Cory Booker came yeah, out. He did come out. Yeah. Uh, I think he Harris. Uh, Kamala spoke, Harris. Yeah, I think she spoke a little bit to it, but Cory Booker one I think that really yeah, came now, out. Yeah, and I think with with um, Kamala, it's that she wants to see the. Um, and the bill passed where they look into the possibility. Uh, hold on, let me drink a little more of that Kamala Kool-Aid. I haven't had some in a while. I was really feeling Kamala until that last debate. <laughs> Willie Wilson, it's a blast as always. I'm going to have to get you on once, at least once a month. Monroe Anderson every Wednesday on the show. Uh, we got Pat uh, Whalen standing on deck, ready to bring him on. We'll be right back after this. Right. By the way, between those two guys, between Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, both uh, sharp as attack, who's the better debater in your opinion? Who would have won a debate between those two cats? And yes, I just called them cats, Daddy-O. Yeah. <laughs> you probably get thrown off the debate stage for that. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. I think, well, first of all, they're totally uh, different. Totally different. You're not going to answer this question. That's correct. Uh... Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food. Arts and entertainment, weekly concert listings, weekly event listings, the environment, travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader, free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. It's Chicagoland's adult entertainment playground. It's the world-famous Admiral Theater, 3940 West Lawrence Avenue. The Admiral is homegrown from Chicago, and it's the most conveniently located club in all of the city. 15 minutes from the O'Hare Airport in downtown Chicago Loop. Voted Chicago's best strip club, the Admiral has showgirls galore and a variety of adult entertainment shows. The world-famous Admiral Theater, open every day from 7 p.m. to 6 a.m., 3940 West Lawrence Avenue. For events, showtime, and other information, visit AdmiralX.com. Must be 18 years of age or older to enter. Donald Trump did everything he could to derail, stop, halt, obstruct mm -hmm. that investigation. Right. That is a violation of the law. Mm -hmm. yeah. If he were anyone other than President of the United States, mm -hmm. he would be in handcuffs. You know, not everybody thought that I should come on this show. And we appreciate it. All right. Your network does not necessarily have a great deal of respect in my world. All right, it's almost football season, which means that the best sports reporters in Chicago want to offer you, yes, you, our listeners, an exclusive deal on unlimited digital access to all of the stories that you love. Don't miss a game this season. Get all the big plays, scores, and stories from the Chicago Sun-Times. For a limited time only, you, once again, you, the listener, can lock in on our lowest rate yet. That's Y-E-T yet. Only $29.99 for a full year of all the news and sports that you need to know. Stay up to date on breaking stories get the deep dives and investigations from sun times reporters and go deep inside city hall with best in class political reporting from tina spondellas and fran the woe man spielman and uh and of course cheer for the big games with the best sports team in the city 29.99 for a full year of unlimited access i looked online i checked you can't do better than that take advantage of this exclusive deal now at suntimes.com forward slash Ben, and when you do this, oh, you're going to make it rain with all of the money you're saving. Oh, my. All that money. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show. Yes, indeed. Willie Wilson and Monroe Anderson have left the studio. Man, what a great debate that was, huh? Willie Wilson and Monroe Anderson, uh, they could be they're the same generation, but boy, they have a different ways of looking at the world. 
That was some serious ducking and dodging by Willie Wilson on the issue oh, of hey, the taxes. Oh, hey, come on. He came in, and he was real nice. He I, was good. I, yes, I appreciate Willie Wilson. He comes on. He's on a regular basis. He answers every question in his own way, ducking and dodging a little bit. Uh, but, yes, indeed, uh, he's a, a good friend of the Ben Jarofsky show. His seat's still warm. He's ducking and dodging. Yeah. All right. Well, we got I was saying it to him when he was in the seat. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I mean, I didn't want to say anything behind his back. You're right. When he was in the seat, I was saying it to him. All right. We have some uh, updates here, some uh, 2020 Democratic candidate updates. First oh. up, it looks here, a number of Democratic presidential candidates will attend an Iowa Forum this weekend on gun safety. The forum held in Des Moines will be hosted by the gun control groups Every Town for Gun Safety and Moms Demand Action. The candidates that will be present will be Senator Elizabeth Warren, Senator Bernie Sanders, Senator Amy Klobuchar, Governor Jay Inslee, Governor John Hickenlooper, Senator Kamala Harris, former Housing and Urban Development Secretary Julian Castro, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, Ben's favorite, Governor (laughs) Steve Bullock, and former Vice President Joe Biden. Speaking of Joe Biden, Mr. Biden just gave a speech today uh, calling out Donald Trump here. And let me find the audio from it. We'll play a little bit of that as well. Uh, Once again, Joe Biden gave a speech today. Where's it at? Hold on. Let me find it here. Okay, here we go. Here's Joe Biden today. How far is from Trump saying this is an invasion to the shooter in El Paso declaring, quote, This attack is a response to Hispanic invasion of Texas. How far apart are those comments? How far is it from white supremacists and neo-Nazis in Charlottesville? Come on, Joe. Trump's very fine people chanting, you will replace us, to the shooter at the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh saying, We're committing genocide. Jews are committing genocide on his people. I don't think it's that far at all. It's both clear language and in code. This president has fanned the flames of white supremacy in this nation. All right. That is Joe Biden, former Vice President Joe Biden speaking. Where was the speech given, D? I believe it was in Burlington. Yes, uh, Burlington. Vermont? I believe Coat so. Coat factory? Yeah. <laughs> I uh, believe so. They're more than great coats. Uh, Pat Whalen is in the studio. Pat Whalen is an actor, a comedian, and a great thinker from the uh, town of Baltimore. Baltimore. Oh, Buffalo. okay. I got my bees mixed up. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. I am outraged. <laughs> uh, so anyway, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ben. Yeah, it's the first Such time a pleasure you, to be here. It's the first time you've ever been in, in this illustrious studio. Yes. Third time on the show, third but uh, first time in person. Yes. And I'm, I'm I'm sorry I was late. I was having some delicious Baltimore wings okay. around the corner. And so I got a little caught up. Yeah, he got caught up. He was late. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it is a great honor to have uh, Pat in the Shucks. studio. Because in the past, when I've invited him to the show, he would always say, oh, but I'm really too important to come to the studio. <laughs> yes, that's right. I am calling in, okay? <laughs> where, where are you guys, North Center? Uh, I haven't been down there in a while. It's not really my scene. Burlington, Iowa. Oh, Burlington, oh, Iowa. I was thinking okay. Vermont. I was thinking Vermont, too. Yeah, I was thinking Vermont, too. Anyway, uh, Pat has breaking news. Donald Trump has responded 
Uh, and of course, Donald Trump gave a very presidential uh, oration yesterday oh my from God. the teleprompter. Good Lord. Uh, but that didn't last long. Uh, give us the update. Pat. Well, he was uh, in Ohio meeting with families uh, at, at a hospital, obviously, of the shooting there. Uh, he spent all of 90 minutes at the hospital, immediately went back to the airport. And on the plane, Joe, uh, Sleepy Joe, was given the speech. And so he tweeted about it. He's in the air between. Uh, you know, tragedies. So what a great time to uh, take a shot at Joe Biden. And he tweets, and I quote, watching sleepy Joe Biden make a speech, so boring, three O's. The lamestream media will die in the ratings and click and clicks with this guy. It'll be over for him, not to mention the fact that our country will do poorly with him. It will be one big crash, but at least China will be happy. That kind of made sense. Yeah. That made <laughs> like pieces of it made sense. I think. <laughs> what pieces? Help me out there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so boring. Like, yeah, maybe but, that's a matter of opinion. Uh, yeah. No. I uh, I predicted yesterday when uh, Donald Trump they they made him stand in front of the teleprompter, uh, Pat, and read the speech. Mm -hmm. I said, well, I don't think it'll be twenty four hours before he uh, lets loose. Uh, and goes at him, and it was twenty four hours. He. Uh, what, what do you think would have been the 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 proper uh, response. Okay, so Joe. To Biden, Joe? Yeah. What do you think the proper response would be? I mean, first of all, I, I'm not bending over backwards to pat Joe Biden on the back for saying white supremacy should be found and culled in this country. Like that's not the most progressive thing I've ever heard. It's nice to hear, but okay, like that's pretty bare minimum. And then for Donald Trump to take a shot at him for saying that mm -hmm. is pretty. Uh, <laughs> par for the course. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I, this is, this is 2019. It's very, it's very now to tweet about what's happening, but you just think there'd be other things on his mind. Yeah. Clearly China's on his mind, but, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm also surprised the Republicans are really taking a, a look at Joe Biden as the front runner. Like, I think they think it because everyone was taking a shot at him, especially as the debates went on, you know, I think they think, well, if we can just stir up foment, you know? within the Democratic Party, uh, then they can uh, beat themselves. It's, 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 uh, it's what they did in the Avengers. Age what? of Ultron? That's correct. Uh. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's Robert Mueller weighing in. <laughs> a huge Avengers fan. He is. No, he is an MCU guy from way back. Uh, Pat, well, I have a confession to make. Oh, no. Uh, yes, now I'm going to make my confession. <clears throat> oh, uh, I'm through with the Avengers, all right? You're I know. Uh, yeah, just... I, Dude, it's over. I, well, I'm, okay. <laughs> Good time to be through. <laughs> Whoa. Once again, I'm just through with the, that whole entire genre. Mm -hmm. They're never going to come up with another Avenger movie? I mean, they will, but like, oh, let's yeah, be real. So it's it's going to take another 10 years to like get it going, know, get to a point. Every, I'm just through with the whole... Uh, you're, I, not, you're not into it? No, I'm not into it because they're all the same. There's the, it's, And I don't like the format. They're you know? all the... They're all the same. Yes, the formula okay. is exactly is the same. Is this a debate show? Because <laughs> we can get into it yeah, right no, now. We could, I mean, well, I really, you probably know a lot more about it, but there's the formula that they follow, and that last 45 minutes where it's just a, fight, a giant fight scene, I said, that's it. I'm through with this. I'm not going to watch this again. It's just, <laughs> They always have to, they have like a, a half hour of clever dialogue. That, yes. And they show that Gotta uh, have it. in the previews. Mm -hmm. So I see the clever dialogue. I'm yes. like, oh, man, that looks like really cl clever, snappy dialogue. I like yes. clever, snappy. I'm going to go watch this movie. So how many Spider-Man movies have I seen? Because you know, clever, snappy dialogue where he's just Well, like, uh, let me say, I, I'm a fan of the Avengers. I, I don't know how I feel that Spider-Man is English. He's British. You mean the actor? That's right. Oh. <laughs> and as an actor, you got Benedict Cumberbatch playing Doctor Strange. You got Tom Holland playing Spider-Man. 
You know, I'm getting a little concerned. As an American, they're coming over here and taking my job. Well, actually, uh, you're not. There's, um, by the way, uh, Pat Wayland is an actor. Why don't you take a moment to introduce people to you uh, uh, and uh, talk about the various roles you've had you here got in the it. city of Chicago. Go. Uh, hello, listeners. This is Pat Whalen coming to you live from the Ben Jarowski Show. Uh, I am an actor in town, somewhat of a comedian. Uh, I host infrequently a live talk show called Good Evening with Pat Whalen which is a uh, late-night talk show where we talk to aldermen, state senators, political folk, uh, journalists even. Ben. Um, <laughs> just saying. We interview people. And it's like The Tonight Show, except it's funny. That's yeah. what I tell people. So instead of Jimmy Fallon, you know, God bless him. Uh, but I think he could use a second city class. That's all I'm saying. Uh, and oh, so I come a out. shot and, at Fallon. I, I, come on. Not a fan. <laughs> wait, wait, what was that? Oh, come on. Not a fan? Come on. Oh, no. It, no, it's really cute. Everyone likes it when I crack up in the middle of sketches on SNL for oh, 10 my. years. He's upset. <laughs> all right. That's fine. It's no big deal. But uh, yeah, so, you know, I'm, I'm just all about uh, getting people more interested in politics and local civic matters and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Uh, but I've, you know, I've, I've been an actor around town. I've been in Chicago PD, Chicago Fire. I think I was on the cutting room floor for Med, and I just wrapped up a great show at the Goodman Theater, written by the infamous Ike Holter. Yes, called uh, 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 Lottery Day. You were telling me about that show. They were writing it as the show went along. That's right. It's a new work. Uh, so Ike, that means every day you have to learn new lines. Uh, well, you don't have to, but they like it when you do. <laughs> yeah, you, they definitely like it better when you do that. Uh, but I'm just gonna say whatever I want. Well, you know, it's 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 about feeling, Ben. And if you don't feel it, you can't say it. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, they would be in there every day uh, with the director, you know, with the dramaturg. I don't know if you're familiar with the dramaturg. What is a dramaturg? A dramaturg is someone whose specific job it is to make sure that everything makes sense, that there's continuity, that the story checks out, that the motivations aren't clashing with each other, uh, that the story makes sense Wait, on so paper. So the writer does has done that already. Well, you know, it, it, sometimes when you're in the room. Room, like the rehearsal room or on stage and you're putting the show together, you know, you can get caught up in a lot of, you know, wouldn't it be cool if, and, uh, you know, sometimes we'd try things and we'd come back the next day and, you know, it's funny, it wouldn't be the dramaturg who would be like, hey, you know, you can't do that. Everyone would show up the next day and be like, uh, it doesn't make sense. I slept on it and here's why. And we'd all would agree. Uh, and have you ever been in a, uh, on stage where uh, you forgot your lines? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. So, what, are you kidding me? So, what do you <laughs> Did do? Did you see me? What do you do? You wing it, baby. You, you, have, a, you have a podcast. You know what's going yeah, on. But the, nobody is, uh, like, when, when, you're in a, when you're doing a, a play, there are lines. And so, one line leads to the next line. So, right. let's say you and Leah are on a play together, and she knows that her cue is when you say, rain. Right. But what is, if you don't I say, say fog, what is it? And uh, she's haba like, haba. Uh, so how hey, you, well, here, here's a good, here's a good story for you. When we actually did the show twice at the Goodman, uh, in the, the show first was called twice. No, no. Uh, the show lottery day. Oh, we okay, actually did bad. it twice. Right, there right, were two right. iterations. Got so it. the second one was like fully produced at lights. It sounded everything. And the first one was more of a stage reading. So it was just actors on stage doing their thing without set. And at the beginning of uh, intermission, Ike was adamant about he wanted it to be a party. It's, it, it's a cookout. It takes place in someone's backyard. All these characters have known each other for years and years and years. So he, he really wanted to express the camaraderie. And so he thought it was very important for the intermission to begin just by beginning. The lights come up. No one says anything. You know, the curtain doesn't come down. You know, we, we remain on stage interacting with each other, mostly improvising. But no one understood. The first time we did it, the lights came up, the music comes on, it's intermission, they're supposed to go to the bathroom. You know, we only have 10 minutes to do this. Mm -hmm. No one moved. And so I found it within myself after about 45 seconds to walk 
right downstage in the center and yell, if this were a play, I'd put the intermission here. <laughs> and the audience was like, oh, I think that was for us. Yeah. So sometimes you got to wing it up there. You got to help people out. So when you've forgotten your lines, what do you do? You say other things and then actors will come save you, hopefully. Or the stage manager will stop the show, which I've never had happen. But uh, do they still have the, like the the line reader? That's you know, it's like the old <laughs> the, the guy or the woman who sits. You know that, that they have a little yeah. cover. That, oh yeah, and do they still have that? <laughs> they don't. No, no, they don't build the stages for it. Unfortunately, I think I got it for like operas and stuff when they're like singing, you know, Italian words. Nobody and knows the words anyway. Right, you can't understand them. There's yeah. no captions. By but wait, no. so don't you think they should do that in theater? Uh, what captions? People. Yes, captions. yeah. I mean, that's that's uh, actually something that's becoming more and more common in the theater scene is uh, having uh, closed caption performances for people who are hearing impaired. Uh, we do touch tours a lot of times, like uh, my theater company, Jackalope Theater uh, in Edgewater. Wait, what's the name of that theater? Company Jackalope again? Theater. Could you spell that for company, me? Company J A C K. A-L-O-P-E. Wow, there was a moment there where you weren't sure, but then it's all in the right. brand. In it's Edgewater? the jingle in Edgewater. Oh, yeah, yeah, right off the Thorndale Red Line. Uh, uh, but we, you know, we do specific performances for uh, the hearing impaired and people with uh, uh, vision impairment as well, where we'll show up in full costume and they'll ask us questions like, "What are you wearing?" You know, "What's your favorite line in the show?" And so we'll kind of give them that introduction. Uh, and then at the bigger houses, they pay people. Uh, to give a vocal description of what's happening on stage. So in between lines, it would be like you're listening to an audiobook or something. So, so in between lines, someone is describing the action on stage. He stands up, he walks to the wall, he turns the light off, you know, stuff like that. Do you, when you're watching a movie, do you put the closed captions on? It depends on the movie. You know, I was actually, I got into a little bit of an argument with a friend of mine about this where it was real old timey language. It wasn't Game of Thrones, but it was something like that. And they're like, ye this and, you know, ye old, yeah. you know, forsooth and all that jazz. <laughs> and we couldn't really, you know, I, I, I turned on the captions so I could make sure I didn't miss anything. But you're so busy reading that you're not paying attention to like the acting. And, you know, hanging out with actors is the worst. Anyone will tell you when a commercial comes on, usually b between you know, show segments when the commercials come on is a time to talk to each other and interact. But for actors, it's just, yeah. <laughs> I could have done that. I went in for that. But, this guy sucks. Uh, I will now ask you the question <laughs> I ask absolutely everybody. Please. Uh, and that is, at least for the last two weeks, have you seen the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yet? I haven't yet. All right. Well, I'm supposed to go out to the suburbs and visit a friend of mine, but he hasn't gotten back to me about when we're going. All right. Well, I'm just going to tell you this without not giving anything away, but there is a scene where the two characters, the main characters in the movie, the Brad Pitt character and the Leo DiCaprio character, yes. sit down to watch the FBI, which is a TV show that was on back in the 60s. The, show the movie takes place in 1969 before you were before. Roger that. Yeah. And uh, it is exactly what you're saying. It's two actors watching a TV show, not for the plot no. or the dialogue, but for the moment when the one actor's on, you killed it, man. That's what it is. And, then, and this is why I love the Avengers, because you can only get swept away in a story that is so fantastical and departed from reality. Otherwise, it's like, oh, it's just a guy sitting on a couch for an insurance commercial? I could have done that. All right, time out. So when you watch The Avengers, when you uh, is there any roles where you say, I should have had that role? Oh, Spider-Man for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Man for sure. Yeah. 30-year-olds you... <laughs> have been playing Peter Parker who's supposed to be 16 for decades. Are you 30? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> Who's asking? I'm 29 and a half again. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've been 39 <laughs> for the last 30 years. Yeah, you too, huh? Uh, yeah. I'm about, Must be the water here. I've been around, thir I'm around 30. I've been around it twice. <laughs> so, hey, all right. Oh. Look out. No respect.
Uh, anyway, Pat Whaley is my guest. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to play some clips from the debate and oh uh, get young Pat's response to him. We'll be right back after this. 29. You know, almost all my business life, because I had to deal with him, unfortunately, in New York. But I got along with him, Al Sharpton. Uh, now, he's a racist. He's a racist. Today's Ben Jaromsky Show was brought to you in part by Chicago Architecture Center. Get to know your city on one of Chicago Architecture Center's 65 walking tours. Hear the unforgettable secrets and stories behind Chicago architecture from our expert docents. Book your tour at architecture.org slash tours. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm actually on a tour right now. Oh, wow. Look at that building. Get a special discount for Illinois residents from July 15th to August 15th. All Illinois residents get 50% off select walking tours. Visit architecture.org slash IL dash resident. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show. Mr. Jarofsky... Take us home. Yes, indeed. The super cool music means the end of another super cool show, but it's not done yet. Uh, Pat Whalen is in the studio. Comic, actor, a political thinker, air reader, drummer, writer, air drummer, and as we all know, he a brilliant pianist. That's Pat Whalen playing the piano right there, right, right behind you. No hands. No. <laughs> it's crazy. He's playing with his toes. <laughs> uh, Pat Whalen is. Our, by the way, he gave me this thing. I didn't. I, this is really interesting. This is your Bible. You swear that by is. It. It's the best digest of what's going on in the news for me. Um, you know, it's called the week. The week. It's. Uh, it's better than Twitter. It's less emotional than Facebook, and it's uh, printed on paper. <laughs> yeah. How about that? Oh, I know. I should get this. this it's. Is really it's, cool. it's great. International news quotes. It's a distillation of exactly. Everything. It's a and, digest. And uh, this is from the Wall Street Journal. And until I read this, I didn't. I hadn't thought about. It, I wish when Monroe was here for this could you be riffing on this but we'll make you riff on it hit me uh, quote <clears throat> from the wall street journal over 30 months about over 30 months about two-thirds of president trump's top aides have left his administration many amid scandals or conflicts with trump a rate far higher than for previous presidents trump has had six communication directors three chiefs of staffs three national security advisors four secretaries of homeland security and he currently has nine acting directors running cabinet departments or major agencies the wall street journal wow it's ridiculous what do you make of that young man uh i make that you know he's always said that he likes acting directors acting secretaries and you know i could make an actor joke here uh because like hey hire me i'm sure that's a pretty good federal salary but really i mean he, he likes a, a steady stream of people because then no one can grasp onto one name you know the, the, the if you ask people, you know, hey, who's the Secretary of State? They can't tell you. You know, Mike Pompeo looks like Tony Soprano at a funeral, and he really sticks <laughs> out, especially when he's standing next to North Koreans. But, uh, you know, you can't really keep a firm grip on what's happening in this administration because things change so quickly. And I think that's why a lot of people are tuning out. Do you hear about you know, Mulvaney? Mick Mulvaney. What about him, the uh, he, ch uh, chief of staff? That's right. He's He bragged that public servants are being successfully and deliberately driven out of their jobs because hundreds of government economists and researchers based in Washington were being given a choice, move to Kansas City or get out. They had 33 days to decide. And almost half of them left. Wait, I missed this. Hold on. Time out. Let's rewind that. You got it. Uh, 
move to Kansas City? Yep. They said you can move to Kansas City. Who said this? Wait, the government. Who, the government told these staffers you have to leave. Were they in it's Washington? Where, it's where your office is. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they, they were in Washington. Why Kansas City? Because they wanted him to quit is what it is. And Mulvaney really bragged about it, right? I mean, they could make some bureaucratic, ridiculous, uh, you know. Isn't I, Kansas City and, and Missouri? Yeah. Yeah. Move. They're mostly Democrats. That could tip the balance. Okay. See, now let's get strategic. I like that. <laughs> but yeah, this whole turnover thing, it just reminds me of when uh, Tillerson was Secretary of State and they gutted the diplomatic core. Yeah. Like there's no one working at the State Department. Like all these federal agencies are just leaking people. And at the at the top in the White House, it's it's no better. And he likes that reality show, you know, make people fight for it. They yeah. like, the, like the new DNI, the new director of national intelligence now that Coates is out. Yeah, yeah. This uh, new guy, like the only reason Trump cast him is because he gave, he put the screws to Mueller last week. What's this guy's name? Oh, well, no, he dropped out already. Ratcliffe? Yes. He's I done? Mean, yes. You missed that over the weekend. This is what I'm saying. It happens so quickly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glued to my phone. Yeah. How did I miss this? No, Radcliffe, uh, I can't recall if uh, Radcliffe voluntarily uh, dropped out of consideration or Trump uh, asked him to leave or what really does it matter. But uh, he's, I don't know who uh, currently is in line for that job, but uh, Radcliffe, uh, yes, we, oh gosh, uh, Radcliffe is the one uh, during the the Mueller hearings who was grilling Mueller uh, on the grounds that somehow or other the Russians were actually uh, acting on behalf of Hillary Clinton, which is an interesting theory. Sure. Uh, Up is down and down is up. And he was the one that Trump wanted to put in charge of intelligence. Exactly. But uh, yeah, he was forced to step down. Down, uh, because even the Republicans were embarrassed. That's what I've seen. The GOP even didn't like him. Uh, all right. So today's front page had a story about uh, Ivanka Trump having a feud with Lord Lightfoot. Oh, I will goodness. just uh, summarize and get your thoughts. Uh, this has to do with the fact that um, uh, Lord Lightfoot was very critical of Donald Trump for uh, for, for his comments, for his uh uh, fanning the flames of uh, racism and uh, and made a link between the shootings in El Paso uh, and um, uh, Donald Trump's rhetoric. Uh, Ivanka Trump responded by, uh, she didn't, sort of a passive aggressive move, uh, I hear Pat Whalen. Mm-hmm. She said, uh, we shouldn't just talk about the shootings in El Paso, we should talk <laughs> about the shootings in Chicago. Uh, very passive aggressive move. Oh, and then God. Lori Lightfoot uh, f- uh, f- came back uh, full force yesterday Yesterday, saying that uh, Ivanka Trump uh, should get her facts right because she had some facts wrong in her tweet and then then pointed out the obvious that um, if Donald Trump and the Trump administration want to help Chicago deal with its crime problem, they're more than welcome to do so. Uh, with more federal funding, et cetera, and so forth. Wow. Yeah. So uh, do you have an opinion about this this feud? Um, can I work blue here? You, oh, are yeah. you ready for the beeps? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No well, beeps there needed. are no beeps. It's a podcast. Oh, right. That's right. Well, fuck Donald Trump. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyone who follows me on Facebook knows that I've really had it. I've had it with him. I've had it with his supporters. I really tried. I tried to meet halfway. I think, you know, democracy, we need to have conversations. But a lot of people are just not interested in talking about reality. Uh, something I like to point out within the last few days is that uh, Trump was in Ohio. You know, he mixed up. Toledo with um, one of the other cities in Ohio recently. And I think that was because last week or the week before he was in Toledo giving a campaign speech, right? He's already running for his next term. And during that speech, he mentioned that Elijah Cummings, who is from Baltimore and he had been crudding all over uh, in the press recently, had, that his house got broken into. 
Yes, I saw And he this. said, oh, isn't that too bad? Oh, what a shame. All this sarcasm, yeah. you know? And then one of his supporters took a semi-automatic weapon and killed 20 people. So do we think that's a coincidence? That he's just nonchalantly talking about, oh, someone broke into this elected official who doesn't like me's house. Hmm. So... People aren't really interested in drawing lines with that. You know, they want to talk about taxes and they want to talk about this and that and equivocate. And we are going to equivocate ourselves off a friggin' cliff if we are not careful. And so when it comes to Ivanka and Lori Lightfoot, first of all, Mayor Lightfoot, call me. Come on the show. I've had you twice. Did Colbert have you on when you were head of the police board? I don't think he did. Well, you had her. You had Lord Lightfoot on your show as when she was the head of the police board. That's right at Seven Wolf Theater Company. And that's correct. Uh, that that's is correct. correct, Robert Mueller. Thank you, Robert. Uh, and uh, so, what did you you talk to her about policing issues? It was right when the feds handed down their uh, their guidebook, their love letter, as I called it. And so it was like this ninety page. Here's what we got from looking at the CPD and all these changes you should make. And uh, she was very much about all these changes. Were you impressed by her? I, yeah, I was. Uh, she was no nonsense. You know, she was a lot like she was on the campaign trail that very, you know, answers questions. Yeah. What, how crazy <laughs> know, is that? She does answer questions. Very yeah. direct. Yeah. Uh, doesn't equivocate uh, and, and was tough. Like what I got from her is that she, she, could, she could take it, you know, because you need that in politicians because everyone's going to second guess everything you do, including Ivanka Trump. But, you know, I, what, of course, when this story broke, what, what came to my mind? That picture when she was in the White House standing next to Ivanka Trump. Yeah. And even then when that came out, you know, people were like, well, we got to get on the White House's radar. And I was like, you don't think Chicago's on the White House's yeah. radar? Are you following the president on Twitter? Because yeah. he wants to build a wall around the place. Yeah. What was that all about? I, I've talked about that several times. Uh, uh, Lori Leifert was elected mayor. She goes to, White, to, to Washington. Okay, I understand. Meet and greet congressmen, senators, etc. You, you announce it to the mayor. You, you, look, you don't want to lose federal funding. You want to keep those connections going. I get that. You, so you meet with the, the, they go to the White House. You're meeting with the president. But you don't meet with the president. You don't you meet with the, the president's president. daughter. His daughter. Who has no official position. Oh, she doesn't? Yeah, I wouldn't know that because she's like hanging out at the UN. Did you see that video of her? like standing next to like the president of France and the chancellor of Germany yeah. and all that. And she's like trying to weigh in on the conversation. And this woman, this European parliamentarian of some kind was like, who the hell let you in? Yeah. She has no official position. You're absolutely right. So I understand like for networking purposes, and like you're saying, staying on the radar, making sure that we're going to get federal funding, but like nothing good is going to come from this conversation. One, we're not going to be like, we agree. Yeah. We need more money. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for the money. That's not going to happen Two, when they say, Hey, can we get a picture? Be like, no, just say no. Yeah. What the, what, why is this, why does this picture exist? I, of, I, of the picture with Lori Lightfoot and, and Ivanka. Well, obviously it works well for Ivanka Trump. That's exactly yeah. right. And the first time I saw it, I said, well, you know who wins this yes. round? It's the Trumps. Yeah. And any, next time Lightfoot says something bad about the, the Trumps, they're going to put up that put picture. Up picture. Oh, she seemed like she really liked us back when she yeah. needed money or some BS like that. You so know? she was being uh, used and manipulated. I don't know. The same woman who is so... Smart, so sharp on your show at Steppenwolf uh, was used by the Trumps. I mean, I don't know if it's manipulation because she is so tough that I actually wondered if she was like, yeah, take your picture. Go ahead. I don't care. Because, you know, with, with that clown remark, which I'm sure you talked about last week with the FOP guys, oh, you know, yeah. I, I don't know if it's her not being careful or her, her being very savvy. You know, I, I actually don't know. But I do know that she's not really one to not speak her mind. 
So I, I really wish I could have been a fly on the wall for that White House meeting, but the clown remark, yes. And I, I, I remember that we you talked about, about that a lot. Oh, yeah, we talked about a lot. Lori Lightfoot <laughs> did. Uh, on an open mic uh, when it was at the uh, that session of the city council where yeah. the, the regular people get to make comments and address the mayor. And a gentleman from the Fraternal Order of Police here in Chicago rose to speak. And Lori Lightfoot said into the mic, oh, here's that. I, and I'm paraphrasing. Here's that clown from FOP, from the Fraternal Order of Police. The mm-hmm. mic picked it up. Uh, the, the papers wrote about it. And she was asked to apologize. Apologize, and I and instead of apologizing for what she said, she said, "I'm sorry, I said it out loud," uh, which is <laughs> like, "I'm sorry, I'm yeah. sorry if I offended anyone." It's an if apology. Yeah, I know. Uh, those are the worst apologies. They're not I, apologies. I, yeah, they're not apologies at all. Yeah, they're I not. They're not apologies. It's just reiterating what happened. Yeah, it's. Uh, and I, I gave her a little bit of grief for that. I, 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 I believe that. Um, the mayor of the city of Chicago should allow the citizenry of Chicago to address her. Uh, they're speaking about the issues of the day. She may disagree with them. She may think they're unfair in their criticism, uh, but she should not demean them and diminish them. My, see, I'm blown by these old school rules. Do you follow what I'm saying? I absolutely uh, do. Hey, I remember back in the day before there was uh, a Blakemore clock on the wall. You know, they got the shot clock Bla- going yes, now. Yes, George Blakemore. All right, now you're from Buffalo. Yes, sir. Not Baltimore. No. Uh, and uh, Buffalo, upstate New York. You know it. Uh, 716. You're, you're a huge uh, Bills fan. We won't talk about football now, <clears throat> but I'm asking you this. Uh-huh. Uh, you just uh, ripped into Donald John Trump, and I agreed with everything you said, but how is Trump playing in your home on your hometown? Uh, first of all, I didn't know it was John. I thought it was Jenko. J-N-C-O? No. Donald Jenko Trump? <laughs> no, I don't know. Do Jenko. I have this wrong? Yes, you do. I thought it was J-N-C-O. I yeah. thought it was the jeans. Uh, you ah. know what's funny is that <laughs> there are parts of, yeah. of Western New York specifically that are a lock for the right and have been for more than a decade. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are a lot of folks in upstate New York, I was just talking about this, that I grew up with in suburbs. Amherst, New York, outside of Buffalo. Safest town in the country. So we got a bunch of white males from the safest town in the safest country in the world, literally the genetic lottery on this planet. And they're afraid someone's going to take their guns and they wear camo and they drive pickup trucks and they grew up in the suburbs. So it's really an interesting identity, but they are really prone to, you know, a lot of the, the fear tactics of, uh, you know, they're, they're going to come get you. And, you know, if you think, Chicago has a second city syndrome, you know, Buffalo to New York. Are you kidding me? Yeah. It's pretty rough. Yeah. We're trying to make a name for ourselves, but there, there are parts that are deep red yeah. maroon. Yeah. Um, so they're feeding off of this stuff there. There's definitely a portion of it, you know, you know, and rural counties are going to be more apt to go for this stuff. And I think we all know that, you know, plenty of money was spent on Facebook ads in certain counties to help flip uh, whatever dormant voters were out, out there. And I think there are a lot of them, uh, in Western New York. Um, but this, this just makes me feel even more because a lot of these people that I grew up with and I see on Facebook and I'll lash out occasionally ask anyone who's my friend. I do. I absolutely do. I have some very unkind things to say about the president, but, um, you know, it really hurts to see someone that I went to high school with go online after the Ohio shooting and say, this is crisis actors. You know, these aren't real people. Yeah that this is fake, that this was created to distract from 
you know, QAnon and all this jazz. These people are out there. Yeah. And they are a lot more mainstream than I think people realize. Yeah, no, that's the frightening thing. Uh, that the Alex Jones, that, that's what I said. It's really hard uh, to have any kind of logical debate with the Republican Party on something like gun control when their response to a mass shooting of children at a, uh, a grammar school in uh, Connecticut is that it's fake. I don't really know where you can go from there. And God, what was that? Thirty years ago? My God, yeah. you know, we, we all thought, well, this is it. Yeah, they're, they're going to they're six gonna fix years the ago gun or seven years ago. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we've reached this uh, segment of the show. D, let's get an introduction here. Well, I'm telling you, I get, I'm getting emotional this week because it's the uh, Leah's last day. No, second to last day. Well, it's oh. tomorrow. Oh, okay, Our last day it. is tomorrow. Okay. So uh, Leah's awesome. She's fantastic. She makes us look all hip and current on social media. She's really nice to our guests. Our guests say great things about her. So the least we can do is give her our own segment. It is our second to last version of a segment that we like to call Leah's Last Word. (laughs) All right, Leah, take it away. Um, I just wanted to ask the question that do you think Donald Trump's racist and um, divisive comments lately in the news, do you think that they more serve to further divide the country or unite the Democratic Party against him? Is this to me? Yes, it's always to the guests. I I think I you know uh, <laughs> uh, I phone a friend, phone a friend. <laughs> I it d- divide the country, without a doubt. Uh, if if it if it brings Democrats together, and I do think this is part of their strategy. If 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 Democrats rally around anything, it's taking out Joe Biden. Because he is the perceived front runner, but Wait, I, I, out. You, you if Republicans have a strategy, it's to take out. You said that's right okay, to, to unite that. the Democrats, specifically the candidates. You know, but but that's not really speaking to the hateful rhetoric that you're talking. Wait, about. Wait, time out. You lost me on that one. So go back, rewind the tape in your brain. There we go. Yeah. All right. Now, what were you saying? I'm saying that if if the Democrats unite around anything yes it's going to be knocking joe biden out of the front of the race joe biden mm. that's right oh, i see i'm i'm i see that more and more you know everyone was taking shots at him you know kamala harris had that first crack yes and then it was like there's blood in the water cory booker came at him yeah and i, I don't know but you know it, the, the the hateful rhetoric thing I, I think a more pointed thing to say is that every move he's made since inauguration was to get reelected was to divide people and to make them fearful and to get them to rally around uh, negative emotions in a way that is uh, very energetic. And so that is my thought, that his hateful rhetoric, I, you know, I don't even think he believes 75% of the stuff he says. I mean, the guy sleeps four hours a night. I don't even really know how, <laughs> how much brain activity he really has. It's just Diet Coke and chicken at this point <laughs> and hairspray. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I think that... Uh, both are true, sadly. Um, so you also think that he won't lose any of his supporters over the comments that he's made recently? I keep looking at farmers in Iowa and in other parts of the Midwest because these Chinese tariffs are a big deal and they are affecting their bottom lines. And, uh, you know, people in rural areas can't get health coverage. I mean, you had a fantastic show at the hideout last night with McDumkey talking about health coverage. And uh, one of your guests, uh, Dr. Otto, I believe, mm-hmm kept referring to uh, this farmer in the Midwest who 
had to get a third job, like you know, working at the farm, working at a feed store, and then had to go to Walmart too because they can't afford healthcare. When I look at a farmer's bottom line and healthcare not motivating people to switch sides, what will? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing will. Yeah. These these are the kitchen table issues that Democrats have tried to motivate people to cross lines with forever. And it's not working because hate is stronger at this point. Yeah. Uh, until the emperor has no clothes, no. Yeah, I think it's pretty much Barbara a Otto, uh, that, that point she made was uh, so compelling that, that Pat is alluding to. She was talking it about... It was a great the, show. Yeah, was, I, thank you. I thought it was a great show, too. Dan Weissman and Barbara Otto were our guests. Anyway, uh, and Barbara Otto was talking about a, a farmer in Iowa uh, who, as Pat said, has like three jobs and uh, still can't get uh, pay all the bills and was struggling with health care. And the, the farmer's reaction was sort of blame the Democrats. You know, well, you didn't. You, you said you were going to take care of this, and you didn't. Well, what about the Republicans? They have no plan. They have nothing. And then that's what's so bizarre. If voters don't hold Republicans accountable for their what lack of participation uh, in the process, their inability to come up with an alternative, uh, then we're this is a scary time because we're just going to lose programs that we need. And live off of what? Feed off of hate? Is that mm-hmm. what it is? It's that the farmer, if he hurts his finger, is he, what, are you going to go to the hospital and say, please fix this with the hate that you're spewing Donald Trump? Yes, uh, that, that'll fix everything. Yeah, that'll fix everything. Anyway, um, so thank you for uh, reminding me of that a great moment last night. My pleasure. Good questions, Leah. Uh, very good question. you have any more follow-ups? No, I'm That's good. It. That's good. You got one more day for Leah's. Uh, last word tomorrow. Man, I'm, I'm feeling emotional, too. I know, but, man. I can't believe it. I, I don't watch this as a drop out of college. <laughs> and just, I mean. You know, stay You can here. learn a lot here. You can learn just as much here as you can at Emerson. That's all I, I'm saying. I guarantee you're not going to have a great discussion of reparations like you had with Willie Wilson. That's and what Monroe I'm talking Anderson. about. All right. Anyway, uh, Pat Whalen is our <laughs> guest. Thank you very much. Uh, Monroe Anderson and Willie Wilson, as I was alluding to, uh, were here uh, in the uh, earlier hour of the day. Of course, Leah did a great job. And then... The man. Well, before we go, Pat, where can people find oh, you? Yes, let, sir. let everybody know all about you, pal. Uh, I am. Uh, you know, you know what I want to pump right now is uh, Edgewater Castle FC. It's this uh, nonprofit soccer team of almost exclusively immigrants and refugees. Uh, we're based out of Edgewater, and you can find out more at edgewatercastlefc.com. You email us at edgewatercastlefc at gmail, or follow us on Instagram at edgewatercastle. Um, and I mention it because uh, I help out with the Instagram and the marketing, so <laughs> like us on, on Instagram. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's a group of immigrants and refugees yeah. coming to America to play the game and we're raising funds to knock out the prohibitive costs of like tournament registrations and uniforms that can rack up in hundreds of dollars to give these guys an opportunity to play uh so check us out donate and uh yeah like us on instagram all right very good that's pat whalen uh i'm ben jarofsky and that man over there the man the myth the legend the pride and joy of alton illinois that's correct oh yeah dude what a great job by the way you know what they call him back home in alton don't what's you what's that white lightning uh dr d give yourself a raise <laughs> take it out of petty cash see you tomorrow everybody Hey, and remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows and Benny J bonus interviews at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites and wherever else you download your favorite podcast. Hey, downloaders, we live stream this show. Did you know that? Yeah, we do. 
Tuesdays through Fridays, 1 until 3 p.m. Central Time. Once again, at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites and the Chicago Sun-Times YouTube channel. Subscribe! Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Benny J Show, B-E-N-N-Y, The Letter J Show. Give us a like, follow, share, review, whatever you want to do. And find us on Instagram, The Ben Jarofsky Show, J-O-R-A, V as in victory, S-K-Y. 